And the winner is... Arctic Monkey! That subscriber content, eh? That subscriber content, it just won't go away. It might hibernate from time to time and sink back into the swamp. I think the cyclical nature of the universe in which it exists demands it adheres to some of its rules. But it's always waiting there, just around the corner, ready to make its way into your ears and smash through the gated payment system. Sounding better than ever. And there's nothing you can do about it. Benefits such as getting ad-free episodes a week early with pre- and post-show chat relating to the monkeys, last Shadow Puppets episodes, bonus podcasts, watch-alongs, plus helping us improve our sound with better equipment and services. Yeah, this podcast seems like it's fading away sometimes, but with subscribers, it will never die. Thank you very much for listening. We do truly appreciate it. Don't take that the wrong way. Uh, yeah, we'll invoice you for the subscription if we need to. We're Arctic Monkeys, this is Don't Believe the Art. That rock and roll, eh? Ladies! That sound means it's the end of the game. Time for the bonus question. Cheers, dude. That man just yawned. What do you call it, sir? Don't Believe the Art. Hello and welcome once again to Don't Believe the Hype, the eight-time Grammy-nominated, but still not won, podcast all about... Did you not know we've been nominated for Grammys, mate? Mm, I did, but you didn't want to think about it because I can't believe we never won one. That's my fault for not opening my post. Maybe I would have known. Maybe I would have known. (laughs) Yes, every week we are going chronologically through the discography of the band of a generation, Arctic Monkeys, going track by track by track, and we will finish in about 15 years' time. With me, Nick, and him, he's been fighting with his sheets. I am not bloody surprised because I know what he does in them sheets. It's Dan. Hello, Dan. Hello. Hello, how are you? How are we? I'm wonderful. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's Friday night. It is Friday. It's Friday, baby. Um, I am I am good because this song has been a, a joy to listen to this week. And yeah, interesting one because I I love it, Nick. I love this song. It's a great tune. Great this song could tune. it's early days, but this song could end up being my number one on the album, as far as I'm concerned, this week. Oh, Big big words for me. That it is, it is big, it is for, big for words, obvious but... reasons, but that might. But I never thought Cornerstone had not be my favorite Arctic Monkeys song, and it's been exactly things are changing. So... In fact, in fact, we're on that vibe. Although before we say it, you know, hopefully we will get Grammy nominated again for AM coverage because Arctic Monkeys had loads of success at the Grammys. Oh no, wait, they didn't. You <laughs> funny yeah. that, isn't it? Didn't even get nominated so in like, best international band, best album in international band because there was loads of great British albums that year. Right, didn't um... wear anything for Chun Li's Spinning Bird Kick either. Fucking disgrace. <laughs> I can't believe that's like the only Arctic Monkey song that's ever been nominated Blows for a my Grammy. Mind. <laughs> that's, still, my mind, that does. that's still the best fight we've ever revealed on this podcast, I think. It's a great pub um... quiz question, that, isn't it? <laughs> if, if we ever host an Arctic Monkeys pub quiz, oh, that's, God, that's yeah. on there. What's the only song to be nominated by Arctic Monkeys to be nominated for a Grammy? Yeah, that is a great question because I'd love People to know. People will get literally it. Bot- Listen, Listeners of this podcast will <laughs> we'll get it. And if, if we were doing a Arctic Monkeys, you know, we should get in touch with the pub and say, oh, we do a podcast. Should we? Can we do an Arctic Monkeys quiz in one of you? But if we timed it like with an album release, the next album release or something, maybe, whenever that will be. I did just want to say, because we had a bit of listener correspondence from old Justin that was on the 
on the Straight Chilling Pod that was on our Christmas episode. Um, he sent me a message bit after our My Propeller stuff. Ooh. Um, and he said he was glad to have us back, which is always nice to hear. Um, he was he was super surprised to hear Nick say that My Propeller was his favorite home, uh, Atom Monkey song for a while. Hot take, he said, but I think My Propeller is the worst opening song out of all the Monkeys albums. Now, oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, first of all, I, that, I, I would say, so now, knowing what I know now, it quite possibly is. Yeah. Well, it doesn't beat The View from the Afternoon. Yeah. It, it doesn't it, beat Ryan's I, I think it's a better song. It doesn't. I do. I don't know. It's definitely a well more put together song, but in terms of an impactful album opener, no, it doesn't beat Brian Storm. It doesn't beat She's Thunderstorms is probably the closest one to it, but I do really love it's She's quite, Thunderstorms. It is, yeah, and it, it's a it's a um, it's a scene setter. It's a it's a play. You know, set lay, lay in the table for the rest of the album. She's Thunderstorms, isn't it? Very much. Um, as is yeah, as is my propeller. To... Yeah, it's good that one. It. <laughs> yeah, that. My my, uh, I'm them, my my propeller does the same though. To be fair, you could argue for this album, um, you could. But obviously, do I want to know is a really good album opener as well. And yeah, Star as is Star Treatment is a really good album opener as well. Much, a lot of people listening to this will probably have my propeller over Star Treatment though. Maybe I'm not. I'm not sure what our fan, what our kind of fan base of tranquility is. Mm. I think it's okay. I guess we'll find out when we start covering it if the numbers dramatically fall. But uh, yeah, I think it's okay. Sure. The, the, there's people that subscribe and people who actually regularly love Tranquility anyway. So I, but I assume everyone, I assume most people really like it that listen. I mean, it's, um, it's worth bearing in mind. You'd have to still be into them to listen to this, wouldn't you? you know what I mean, to, yeah, to listen to this, so, you'd have yeah. to still so. be quite into them. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, but I, I had two years I, I, between this album and Suck It and See, there was two years for this to be. So I hadn't recognised at that point that it was. I mean, at that point, it probably was the worst opening track. But yeah, for, yeah, for a while, I was I was obsessed with this song. But then, yes, yeah, Look It and See came out, and that changed things. But there was a a longer wait for a new album than we previously well, that, had at that point. But I think what he's surprised by from his reaction here is we understand that when Suck It and See comes out, you change your mind about that. It. But it's the fact that 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 implies that this was your favourite song of the Humbug album for the whole two-year period before Suck It and See came out. I think that's what he's kind of saying, because he, he goes on to say, um, he always had my propeller in the bottom half of his Humbug list. I always saw it as a solid type of album track, similar to stuff like Old Yellow Bricks. He's saying that to wind me up. He's saying that to wind us up, isn't he? He knows. Right. We know what you try to do there. <laughs> I didn't bait on the message. <laughs> All Red Light Indicates doors are secured. I think it's better than Red Light Indicates. and, and yeah. it's, it's got more to it than that, I would say. I think that's an unfair. I'd say if I was going to say sturdy album track to compare my propeller to, it would be... I was going to say, if you were there, beware, but that feels too bold a statement. So I'm going to say... Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> like a sort of... Oh, you might be right because I can't think of anything. <laughs> There's a single to compare it to off that album, anyway. If I was compare it one off, I'd say I'd say it's just, it's a solid track like a Malaclava. It's better. I think it's better than that, though. I just really, I definitely liked it more covering it because I just felt it, this is a really good song that doesn't get maybe the respect it deserves, much mm. like tonight's. Let's say. Um, 
He, but he said he thinks making it a single, like he agreed with us that basically it's weaker because it was made a single and it's not a great single, which which I agree with. And I think the band would agree with as well because they originally were going to do Pretty Visitors. So, so yeah, I think I think his surprise is that you had it as a num you had it as number one before Second C because I never I never, for example, would have had this as a number. I like it. I'm defending it, but I never would have. I think for a long time this tonight, Dangerous Animals potion approaching in that in that period potion approaching dance little liar and such were my favorites of humbug not my my pelicano used to get overlooked to be fair back in the day so yeah i think he was just surprised that it that it was your favorite for for a long period what of time. can i say I'm a, I'm a weird guy yeah no nothing weird about it mate i'm just, just listening for you about not me yeah. Yeah. it's a fact i, lo- me, the I love you even if justin hates you you know so good but thank you <laughs> I'll go out with you, even if But yeah, no. So yeah, dangerous animals tonight. Yeah. Yeah, should we yeah. ever listen to it? I've brought some. I brought props tonight as well to help us. I've brought the humbug lyric final sleeve and production notes as well, just in case we want to check anything. Information to clarify, Sorry? fresh from. Although, as we know from previous experience, these can potentially be wrong, but. You know, it's the best we can get, really, as a reliable source. Find out. Unless we have a band member on. And even they don't know some of the song <laughs> things, as no. we learned from the Drake Kennedy. So, no. yeah. how are we the fuck supposed to know? But there you go. Well, let's... Um... Oh, yeah, I'm let's, curious let's about have... what the clip is. Have you gone Redding? Have you gone See... Zane Low? Let's find out. Have you gone somewhere else? It's the latter, baby. We're going Zane Low. Woo! Yeah. I always loved the one on Zane Low so... as well. It's great, isn't it? It's great. Let's yeah, have two great, minutes yeah. and ten seconds. Unfortunately, I know why a big part of why you love it so much will be the different start, won't it? But I've decided I wanted the end of the song rather than the start, so we don't have the start. But as I as love it. Sang, it. I... Every end has a start. If I'm being honest, as will become apparent as is ever when there's a great Helder song, is I, I love just watching that because i can see helders doing these amazing drums so that that's that's pretty much the only yeah okay. i can hear the drums oh, more like, like yeah 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 <laughs> especially the breakdown but yeah, but yeah go on then let's have, let's it. have a look let's have it. two minutes and 10 seconds of gold coming up hit it boys you hit it About as bashful as a tribal dance The first and final chance And cross the audience Of frightened and fiends Divided up into two teams When the acrobat fell off the beam She broke everyone's heart I'm been down by the dark Hey, and I am a Oh 
Summerstock is such a mid 2000s name for a festival or something, isn't it? Summerstock. Sorry, Should we I can't have a name for this. No, we'll call it Summerstock. Summerstock. Sorry, I'm, you know what? The, yeah, so the breakdown of the drums there, just every time I see that, I'm in a complete awe of what he's doing there. It's kind of like he's, he's going so fast to the different drums, but <laughs> it hit me, Mike. I was got so excited. But what really shot me then was the bass. That bass sounds fucking incredible. Uh, Rickenbacker, I believe it looks like it is playing. Yeah, Rickenbacker um, is fat as well, isn't it? Ooh, oh, God, that fat, was that. Because uh... I don't think the, the bass on the album track, I didn't really. It sounded a bit like Miles then for a second. Bass on the, on the album track. Um... <laughs> that's more like Paul McCartney than. Uh... Yeah, I changed it. I, tried, <laughs> I, went back, I accidentally did a Miles Kane Liverpool accent and then I went back and tried to do an actual Liverpool accent and couldn't. <laughs> but, Paul McCartney, yeah. I loved it. That then when he was doing it was beautiful because on the album track I don't really feel like you can hear it as much apart from that bit in the second verse that he was doing then but there it sounded fucking incredible wow I was blown away by that then I haven't heard that for a while yeah me yeah meaty yeah good old Nick hey good old Nick but I'm sure we'll get into all of that shortly shall we have some we need to try and find the Zane Lowe interview for that as well, don't we, to cover what we can't. We might have to yes. we try and see if there was an old torrent of it, which is hopeful at best, but we might have to contact Zane. Yeah. I, I found a torrent, but it wasn't seeded. Yeah, oh. that's the problem, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Do a satsuma. Some <laughs> <laughs> Do you want some information? Dangerous Animals is three minutes and 30 seconds long, and it has just 41.6 million streams on Spotify, which is the lowest so far. Not the lowest overall on the album, but the lowest so far. Low that. I can't believe it. Annoying. Um, it is 125 beats per minute and is in the key of E major. We're into the majors. We're out of the minors. Way. <laughs> I fought the law and I won. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the song the song has been played live only 51 times by the band unfortunately firstly on january 13th 2009 at wellington town hall wellington like last week and lastly on march 28th 2010 at the o2 shepherd's bush better bush empire london so it never made it out of the humbug tour which is no. uh, very disappointing very disappointing yeah, I'm trying to work out how many of them there are. I think there'll be a few more that didn't make it. Because my, oh, my propeller came back, didn't it? So I think it's a real shame, to be honest. I think it's a real yeah. shame because I think it, I think it deserves a, I think it's better than hmm, some of them that have, yeah. not better, but I'd rather see it than my propeller, but because my propeller was made a single by proxy, it, it doesn't. But I, I'd love to see this insert. I, I just, I just, yeah. You know what? I'd love a tour. Just forget about the crowds and just. You did it this time. You did a lot of fan service this tour, even though they still moaned about it. But you did a lot of fan service. The next tour, let's just take out some of the old classics like dance floor and shit and let's bang in some of these bangers. Like just one tour, just one tour. I could give up those ones and have some of the lesser ones in there. It's never going to happen. I can dream. 
Would you do that? Would you forgo like ones we've heard a million times? <laughs> Sorry, <mate. laughs> well, you were cutting me off like the Oscars then. I, I, got, I got so excited at the thought of a show of just songs we wanted that I accidentally <laughs> hit the space bar. I didn't no, realize the space play. bar plays the previous jingle again. But there I you go. Got a now. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought it was like the Oscars when the speech goes on too long and they play the music to get them off the stage. Um, but, <laughs> but no, I just don't. Um, I, I just, yeah, I could, I could go to one gig and like, okay, I've, I've heard dance floor a lot for adolescent. Let's say Dangerous Animals. Let's say. Uh, Pile driver waltz. Let's have you know. So jeweler's hands, please. Jeweler's hands, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you. We should go back and savor that tour more because you'll never hear some of them again. Yeah. 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 I wish I'd enjoyed Evil Twin more on the Suck It and See tour. Yeah, what surprise it was! It was even a surprise in that gig. But yeah, yeah, it's gone. Never made out the Humbug tour. So Nick, it's time to play Ford or Hummy. I should make a little jingle for this. I might put something together, but other than that, I don't know what. Ford or Hummy? Ford, Hum, a Ford. Ford or Hum? Hum, a Ford. I don't know why I'm doing it's the Batman theme. <laughs> no, I don't know why that was what you went for. But... I, don't, I don't know what I could I'm do. It could it. be like a sort of. But for... Oh, my keyboard's not plugged in, so that didn't work, did it? Oh, yeah, I forgot I unplugged it. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I've had nightmares about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually naked, though. Uh, but, but no, Ford for, for or Hom, Nick. What, Ford or Hommy? What do you reckon? I'm I'm going for the uh, for the Josh Meister. I think it's uh, Mr. Joshua Hommy. Hom, you would be right Hommy, because Hom. track three was produced by Joshua Hommy, engineered by Alan Johans, assisted by Justin Smith, uh, recorded at Rancho de la Luna, and I'm full John Peel there. Thanks. Um, and uh, that's it, really. That's that's information on this one. To Hutch and Dave, thanks for your hospitality. Funnily enough, a minute. this is something to discuss, though. John Ashton isn't getting a... Ah, no, John Ashton isn't getting a nod for this one on keys. I thought that was a key oh. sound on it. It must be Alex. Because on, the, on, the live, on the live one, he is doing that sound, isn't he? But it must have been old well, Al in the studio. Well, to double-check Wikipedia. Well, let me tell... Well, what, oh, rather oh. than the actual fucking vinyl sleeve that came with it with the credits in it would you can trust yeah, wikipedia well, over that how it is that's the actual official credits which yeah. which they might get the lyrics wrong because it comes from the band but they can't get the credits wrong because they get fucking sued because people get money for that forever well according <laughs> to wikipedia it has alex turner keyboards tracks three and four so there we go yeah tracks see three the four six eight nine ten yeah it doesn't break down the keys on this it just kind of says because I don't think they want to repeat themselves, so they just put words by Alex Turner, music by Arctic Monkeys, it's faster in it, and then anyone else just gets. But um, we can confirm that uh, John Ashton did backing vocals on My Propeller and Crying Lightning, though. Um, what what it sounds to me like is I don't know. John Ashton was at both. Then he must have come in for a day, a bit of Deluna, and then gone to a bit of Ford as well, because he's on a he's on some of the ones from that time as well yeah you better believe i'm we're only three weeks away from additional vocals from someone that i absolutely adore so i'm looking forward to yep. that looking at that looking at that right now that right now although that's going to be an interesting week that's all i'll say but um, it's going to be an interesting week all tracks mixed by our friend rich costy as we discussed last week um but uh although we didn't get to make fun of him as much as we'd have with people before because it turns out he'd done a lot of stuff and he was quite well renowned um, and although he did, didn't he have something? He had a creepy. Didn't he have a creepy? Wasn't it like Rich, 
like the octopus grabber. hands. The octopus. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like rich. The sexual assault of Costi was his knitter. That's libelous. Yeah, it's like yeah. rich. Don't be alone with him, Costi, or something. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rich, keep your rich drink. Don't keep your drink unattended. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was hummy, but yeah, that bit is that bit is very radio, but that's the nature of it, I guess. Um, I got oh, a little so we're in a copy of the brand new third album from Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> if you want uh, send to... a stamped addressed envelope, and please do get permission from the people who pay the bill before you write. If you want to win a voucher to buy some new paint from <laughs> what was the <laughs> what was that website from last week? I remember. <laughs> Uh, crying lightning paint um, but yeah I got a little bonus round for you Nick lovely one of, one of several tonight I'll have to scroll all the way down to the, uh, thing. that sound means it's the end of the round time for the bonus question I forgot to mention last week um, with the crying lightning crying lightning had the most streams on the album so crying lightning is the number one stream song on the album Makes sense. Can you tell me what you think the most streamed on the next album is? Like the next yeah, album? One guess. One guess. So think carefully. Oh, right. Well, I'm going to go for Don't Sit Down with Somebody's Chair. You would be incorrect. The most streamed song really? on the next album. Yes, it's clo- it's, it is closer. But the next stream song on... The, the most streamed song on Suck It and See is the title track itself, Suck It and See, with 95.3 that million. Guess. That's because it's the best song on the album, as we'll it's see next correct. series. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps might, might change. Always subject to change is and availability is like the... It's going very radio. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah, quit, yeah. Quit, the, quit the gear jingle. Oh, that'll bring us back around. Let's scroll up again, shall I? Brilliant. Technological advances really blooming If you want to stay being my producer, then you have to fucking scroll, all right? That's how it is. Um, I'll let you talk. You used to scroll for jingles for series one. <laughs> yeah, we have increased. Just over the past two weeks alone, we've we've increased jingles off on the fly that we've had to try and remember ourselves. Fourfold. Yeah, listening back to the episode on Wednesday, my propeller going, oh, yeah, we said we'd do that. <laughs> so you didn't hear that last week, probably. But uh, So the gear, it was a difficult on this one. Difficult one to get any sort of confirmation, but as we saw there, Rick and Backer, and also there's a lot of crossover between the songs because they were using the same guitars and stuff like that. But but um, again, for this song, for Alex's guitar, if you use a heroin pedal, as discussed last week, again set to um, again again set to a hundred on the master. No, sorry, hundred. They're set to sorry ten o'clock on the master, five o'clock on the pre gain and 11 o'clock on the high cut with the bright setting turned off but the sustain on you're going to get a good sound of Alex's guitar and you're going to that goes for the solo as well and for jamie's the same pedal you turn down that pre to three o'clock and have this turn the sustain off and you're going to get some lovely jamie cook sounds but if you want some jamie cook special jangly sounds from this song which you want to re- be honest we all do we all do um if you want to recreate that by the way Tonight, um, there's going to be something we hear that means that we the, this fan base needs to start putting respect on that man's name more. And I'm, I'm determined that if anything will come out of this pod, it is that people will start appreciating Jamie Cook. But anyway, more on that later. But um, the if you want to recreate his jangly Jamie Cook specials, use the Collider 
pedal, um, the delay and reverb settings, and you're going to get some lovely Jamie Cook special sounds there. And one thing I did note on this when I was uh, looking, um, there's an hour-long version of this song on YouTube that someone's put together, which is literally just this song on a loop for an hour. For what purpose? I don't I know. know it says it says for sleep purposes, but I don't think it would help me go to sleep. To be honest, I need people like people speaking no, it's to not me. The... It's not music wants me to get up. <laughs> I listen to music to like good, unless it was like you know something a bit downbeat. But but even then, music. There's nothing worse than like way. going to sleep to the Ricky Gervais podcasts and then being awoken by like. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, or, or sometimes even like I'll just I'm falling asleep. Someone will make me laugh, and I'll laugh involuntary out loud, and then I'll be awake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I listen. Yeah, I listen to that Ricky Gervais or a bit of um, rain sounds, stormy sounds. But 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 yeah, but an hour an hour long version of these for uh, these for dangerous these for dangerous animals. Oh, there's a mashup. No one wants. Oh, um, <laughs> both good baselines. But uh, our hour long version on YouTube. If you want it, you can. It's out there. If you want to fall asleep to it. Um, also. Oh. If you think it only takes me an hour to fall asleep with this fucking brain, then you're having a laugh for a start. You could just go on Spotify and just put it, put the song on repeat. Same effect. Uh, yeah, you don't really need it. I don't know why they've wasted the time, to be honest. But <laughs> I assume it was before that. Maybe it's an old video. I don't get in luck. I don't care. But I also found out on this um, that Alex's singing on this song is in G minor. With a vocal range of between D4 to G5. So there you go. But some people might know what that means. Well, there you go. That's what it is. Um, but this led me to another bonus round, Nick. So get scrolling, baby. That sound means it's the end of the round. Time for the bonus question. Can you tell me which song Alex sings in the lowest pitch in the whole discography? If you had to guess. No. Because I have found this website um, that lists them all. <laughs> you have to guess. Right. And then you can tell me the highest as well. And I'll give you one clue. They're both on the same album. Right. I think we go in. So an album with good Is vocal it... range would be kind of a, a clue there, I suppose. Tranquility. I'd say. That's, that's I'm going to narrow it down to 10 songs for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for other songs with good vocal range then that's probably where your mind would go i would say so the lowest pitch i'm gonna say american sports no it's star treatment apparently oh, i mean he's basically I talking isn't say it? star treatment but there's a few in there that might mm, be the average i think one. it's probably an average yeah and what would you say is the highest? Then you were right, it is on Tranquility then. So the what would you say the highest pitch on Tranquility based hotel and casino is? Is it five? Is it I four think you might five? get this one. It is four out of five, yes. Yeah. Makes sense, makes sense, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would have thought well, that you see something. it's interesting. Well, yeah. <laughs> In uh, the I would have thought that like Mirrorball in itself kind of hits both of those spectrums, doesn't it? Like yes. he's got that quite a very good vocal range in that. I think his best vocal range ever, Mirrorball. And that, I mean, Clayton, between that and Sweet Sweet Dreams TN, anyway, in terms of a vocal performance. Good. But yeah, but but I do think Mirrorball pips Sweet Dreams now. So, do you want some? Uh, shall we have some reviews of the song? I think it'd be rude not to. That's what people have come. To. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
everything they've come to expect. Pitchfork, <laughs> Pitchfork said, Dangerous Animals is jaw-dropping. Not a long review, but correct. Uh, Uncaught, Uncaught gave Humbug a two-star review. Richards. But liked Dangerous Animals out of all the tracks, saying it's also sticky with sleaze. Let's make a mess, Lioness, Grows Turner, the kind of fabulous come on half tongue in cheek, but still effective, that will be unthinkable on previous Arctic Monkeys records. So, not a fan of the album, but a fan of the song. And, but The Telegraph, The Telegraph gave Humbug four stars, but it had a paywall, so I couldn't see the song review. However, hit that bonus round button again. <laughs> I could have I could have sent you a thing to get past the paywalls. Why'd you pay for the telegraph? No, no, but there's a I thought, I thought that seemed very unlikely for you A to pay for something and B for it to be a toy no, newspaper. If if you just Google <laughs> Google bypass paywalls, it's well easy. There's lo- loads of things. But here, have you I was like finding out that, that sound means it's the end of the round. Time for the bonus question. Uh, for, I thought for a minute when when I thought that you had paid for the telegraph, but it was like finding out like a scouser reads the sun. It was like, what's going on in my brain? But <laughs> how do you get past the paywalls on the newspapers? Is it legal for us to be talking about this in public? <laughs> Statue of limitation. Public. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about it in your house, but not on the street. Um, no, this is going out yeah, to millions of people. There's a website called okay. Twelve Foot Ladder, and you just put the link in, and that bypasses a paywall for you. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, good, because there's a couple of articles I want to read. So there you go. That's my evening side. What's it called again? I'll, say, I'll send you. I'll send, I'll tw- tw- uh, so if you Google 12-foot ladder, 12-foot ladder, and it's 12ft.io is a popular paywall passing site. I'll just Google that. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Um, so the bonus round. So what I did see before the paywall Went up. Look at me giving IT advice. I love that. It's not IT advice, is it? It's some dodgy site that you found. Like you giving dodgy yeah, site advice it. is on I'm brand, but IT advice isn't. <laughs> isn't that. I'm not going to ring you when like Microsoft Teams stops working when I'm trying to work, am I? But if I want some, if I want to find some fucking horse, <laughs> yeah. Or if I need something like, oh, can I get that for free? Who would know how I could get something for free that you'd normally pay for? Oh, that's <laughs> That's what you're. Yeah. Um. This, this, so what I did see was this had the cost of the CD upon release at the top because that reviews used to have the cost of the CD at the top in the English dollar. Can you guess that price? The English dollar being the pound, yes. I said it that way for comedic effect. (laughs) Yeah, I thought so, but I was just making sure. Um, oh, 1099. Final answer. Uh, no, no, it was £13.70. Very reasonable. Oh, for a classic album like this, I would say so, yeah. Uh, okay. Strangest bonus round ever, but I thought it was interesting. We don't get that a lot. We don't get to see that a lot, so I thought, well, there you go. Never, never going to have a bonus round like that again. <laughs> never say never. Uh, that was a bonus round, the like of which the world has never seen the like of which. No, actually, because there probably wasn't as much of a yeah, it might not come up after this album as much. That might be a one and one and done. Uh enemy's greatest list as ever. They put dangerous animals at an atrocious, in my opinion. Bearing in mind this is what, 120 out of 120, something like that, the full the full thing. An atrocious, including B-sides, an atrocious 90 
on NME's greatest song list, this falls out. That's insane. Uh, and, That's you know, insane. when we come to do the full list, judge properly then. Yeah. But still, that is... Our, yeah, I don't know. Would it be out? Would it be outrageous to say "fuck off, enemy"? <laughs> but what they did say about it was, with its swampy riff progression and mnemonic refrain, "Be honest, A N I M A L is a pesky earworm at best." The languorous, dangerous animals meanders a little with its swampy riff progression and mnemonic refrain. Oh, hang on. I've just copied the same thing twice. Ignore that. Looks like you say that again. That's all we want to hear from them anyway. That's, that's, that's atrocious, that 90, in my opinion. Awful, awful yeah, take. We've definitely had ones higher than that. They didn't deserve to be higher than that. Um. So, yeah, but we'll see when we come to do it. Maybe I'll go, oh, shit, I'm going to have to put it here. at number 90. I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. I don't think so, though. Um, but we have got a lot more ground to cover in the discography, though. This this will just be a distant memory by then. So, uh, do you want to have a chat about the, the music? This one, music. I think we should, shouldn't we? Great. That that riff mm. is so far. This this may be the dirtiest riff we've had. Oh yeah, I'd say I, so. We've properly jumped up a notch from it, even the yeah. dirtiest stuff on Favorite's Nightmare. Yeah, I, I wrote. Uh, I do. I wrote. I do love the guitar and the bass riff. I thought we're, we're again in that similar monkey's world with that kind of guitar riff. But I did write, but it's just dirtier. So yeah, I would agree. It's uh, it's so desert rock and cool. It has some swagger this song as well that I think we haven't really seen since the first album. Maybe maybe Teddy Picker. Maybe Teddy Picker. I'll give him Teddy Picker. But but I don't maybe Teddy Picker. Like Teddy Picker to go on screen from Teddy Picker. I, had, uh, I wouldn't uh, uh, yeah, there's a bit of swagger to the first album that I don't think is in it's in Teddy Picker perhaps, but I don't think it's in in Brian Stone, maybe, but it's it's not in the rest of Fairy Worst Nightmare, I don't think, the swagger. But uh, no, absolutely. I mean, some people will be going, Oh Jello Bricks, the bad thing. And I'll be going, No. <laughs> we we just haven't covered that. <laughs> Wait till I put that at 90. Um, but <laughs> yeah, they had that pretty high, actually. It, objectively speaking, no matter how much I think about that song, if I go back to before we got a distaste in our mouths for old Jello Bricks, I still wouldn't have had it higher than Dangerous Animals but by any stretch or any song off this no. album, I don't think, to be quite honest with you. Um, I think a lot of favorite worst nightmare is going to fall by the wayside, unfortunately. But a lot of it will also be yeah, up there. To be fair, as well, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. But the um, ones from favorite worst nightmare that are up there will be up there. Yes, that's true. Yeah, they they there won't be any. There's not going to be any middle ground for favorite nightmare. There's not going to be any favorite worst nightmare in like the 50, 40, 50 area, is there? It's all no, going to be. It's going to be all or nothing. To quote the, I might I might collect everything we've said about our our top list. And then I'll come play it, play it back when we get to do the list <laughs> and just see how wrong we were about a lot of it. <laughs> that would be a good, yeah, be a good venture. If we could be asked then. Um, but, uh, but can't, uh, yeah, can't be asked love now. it, love it. But before we, we get jump the gun with the guitar riff, because the drums, as are going to be a lot of folks in this song, that intro, they just set the sort that, like you know, the pin down by the dark, and then the, yeah, it kind of very much a. A Teddy Pickers type start or a Fate Tales type start, but in a different way. In yes. this, in this way, this is like, yeah, it's like Fake Tales of Luna de Rancher, whatever it's called. Luna de Rancher, was it yeah. Luna de Rancher? 
Cinco de Mayo? I don't know. I'm all lost. Rancho is... de Luna. Rancho de Luna. Lenny Lovegood. But it is... Um... Spanish GCSE, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> A to C? C. Mm. I, I stumbled upon, um, by mistake, That's I stumbled upon... I, I can't, yeah, good one. I scared over it. I talked <laughs> to her... <laughs> I accidentally found my... I can't say why I found it, but I found a, an MEN news paper... Uh, website article from the day I got my GCSEs that listed all of our year's GCSEs, including mine. I'd forgot how little effort I put in. Um, <laughs> that's all I'll say. <laughs> I did really well at the subjects that I enjoyed. That's all I'll say. Anything else, I was just well, not I, interested. There's always been the story of my life. If I really like something, I'll do it. But if I don't, you can't get me to do it. I did all right in the GCSEs. And then when I was um, when I was enrolling for college... The the teacher who was enrolling me at college, she was a Spanish teacher. She's like, "Oh, see, so you got a B in French GCSE. Do you fancy doing a Spanish GCSE at college in a year?" I was like, "Yeah, all right then." And then within like a week, I was like, "It's all right. This this is, this is like better than French." Do you think she was making an equally bad joke when she said, "I see you got a C uh, B in your Spanish no, she, no. GCSE"? I was no. taught by her for a year. She was not capable of making jokes. Okay, I mean, neither of you just a fat last joke. Um... Neither, neither was the French teacher right. In I did French A level, and what you had to do, you had to watch some like French news report that was obviously in French, and then at the end, you had to say what Usually. it was about. And on on this news report, they had a load of farmers, and they were holding cauliflowers on sticks at the protest. <laughs> had like cauliflowers on big sticks and holding them up. And at the end, the teacher turned it off, and he's like, "Oh, what what's it about?" And then the girl next to me said, "Oh, is it about uh, is it about salaries?" And I went, "No, it's about cauliflowers," and and got kicked out. So <laughs> that's what you get for making jokes in a French A level. You probably didn't hear the correct answer, but was it mad cow disease? Just based off the time. <laughs> no, it was about the farmers not getting paid enough. No. They weren't blaming the British for this one, unbelievably. <laughs> Don't have a go at the French. We all know you want him to be with Alexa. Right, shall we? <laughs> you fangirl. Um, but yeah, no drums setting the start straight away. <laughs> you know, I love the timing in this as well. Like the stops in the verse are so well placed. Like when it's doing that, it's, it's yeah. That, that noise in the background as well in the verses. That sort of like yes ding, ding. it always reminds me of you know when you know when you're in like a warehouse or something and you can hear people like making noise in the background working like glass being clinked or something like that kind of like ding. yeah, yeah. it's ding. like a very industrial sound this in the background yeah. i'm not quite sure what's creating it or what's going on um although we might find out in a different segment of the show later actually but um yeah I, you know what i did think though actually that noise you know what it reminded me of that clinking noise have you got it in your head, the noise? Can you, do you know what I'm talking about? The, yeah, it, yeah. I, I felt like it was a similar sound to the four out of five sound that we use for the lyric alarm on this podcast. I noted like an early adopter of that. Yeah, if you listen to the track, that is it's very similar, but like more distant and it quiet. Is. And it's like an early adopter of that song, that, that sound, the early days, the nice things coming through, the experimentation yeah. coming through.
but yeah, the, the way from the because the verses, yeah, great, but the way it changes into the chorus so smoothly as well. I love about this song, the flow of this song in there. Yeah. yeah. And the uh the Jamie Jamie Cook specials as well. Very cool in the chorus. It's like the, the chorus is weird because it's like grimy, palm muted kind of build up chord. You know what I mean? Like it's cool when they do the palm muting in anything, but this one's like this. It's, it's unusual to have a a chorus palm muted. I would say it's normally verse built yeah, chorus, but this is like a palm muted chorus. And also, if you listen to the drums on this, they even sound a bit muted themselves. Like like Helders is palm muting, which sounds stupid. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? It like is, it, it's weird, isn't it? It's it's like it's like he's stifling them a bit for this to match the rest of the sound of the chorus. What what is that then? That do the the do do sound do 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 in the like the it's, it's in some, the chorus as well, isn't it? That kind of that honk or whatever it is. Is it it must be the keys, right? It must be keys. Yeah, it must be keys. And the one in the chorus as well, that um when it's the in the background, that's keys, right? That kind of like you know the D A N G do 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 that must be yeah, keys must be. as well. It yeah. But it's but it's a very odd key sound though. I always used to wonder whether it was somehow created on guitar using something or you know, if it was well, like it's either plugging his amp into a fucking, I don't know. Very odd guitar sound. It's one of the <laughs> I think it's it is a key way. sound, though. I think it is a key sound. Yeah. But but it's just an odd one. But yeah. But not not John Ashton either. No. L- live Alex it is. Turner. But yeah, Alex Turner, the man himself. Um. But yeah, I really loved that. And then, uh, the this like the way it goes into the second verse from the chorus because it's weird because so, so it's like normal chorus then it's palm muted sorry normal verse palm muted chorus and then into the second verse with some bits of lead from jamie i think it makes it like more impactful like even though it's more or less the same as the first verse because they palm muted the chorus and then when that second verse comes in it's like with the lead from jamie it it does elevate it loads yeah it makes it so much better I love, uh, yeah, I do love the way they do the instruments in this as well. Um, just I genuinely just... think without without that that stuff from Jamie elevating it, I think this song could quite easily fall by the wayside. But as it is, it's it's a, mm. a favorite of his album. But th- that just, yeah, just goes to show, Mr. Jamie Cook, vital. Well, yeah, as I say, it's my mission to change hearts and minds on that. But the the the. You know what? I guess the flow isn't so isn't a million miles away from like a Teddy Picker in terms of the flow and the way they do it, but they're just doing it in a different way with more experimentation, I guess. But like the sort of because if some of my favorite Artie Monkey songs are ones that just have a flow the whole way through, and this is one of them. And I, but I don't, so I don't really, I still think with Humbug, I mean, you know, probably right up until AM. I don't know, like. I feel I feel like Humbug is. If I was, if you were going to separate them in terms of a style, 
I would have Humble closer to the first two albums than Suck It and See. I think Suck It and See is more of a change of style than Humbug. Because because if you think about it, when Suck It and See came out, the the only melodic songs that you really knew them for were were Mardi Bum. Like as a as a not a big fan, as Mardi Bum. Um Plus Adolescent and Cornerstone. Maybe Secret Door See, or Push. So they didn't so to do I'd a whole melodic album. extend what you said. So you, you said this is closer to the first two albums. I, I, I agree, but at the same time, I'd say I'd see that similarity a lot more in Favourite Worst Nightmare, which goes back to chimes with what we said quite a lot on the Favourite Worst Nightmare series, where mm. we were picking bits out of songs and saying, oh, this is a bit of humbug bleeding through already. And it just goes to, like stuff like uh, if if you were there, beware. This house is a circus. That type of thing. It's yeah. just all bleeding yeah. through. Some of the B sides. The through line is there again. Yeah, and it, like I say, it's not these riffs and these sounds aren't a million miles away from what we've had previously. Even on what people say, I mean, places like it's it's just an evolution of it, and it's also them using different instruments and different pedals and having a different producer and. Um, you know, having a different experience and creating some of that. I, I would guess, I could be wrong on this because they obviously had some demos before. I would imagine that much like us, they maybe felt going to do an album with Josh Homme would end up in a really fast Queens of the Stone Age type album, which mm. is what I assumed because they were already a fast band for the most part. Yeah. Um, although I would argue that a lot of Favourite's Nightmare is mixed in that regard. It's only really the first album. Um, but you know, once you get past Teddy Picker, there aren't that many fast songs, like fast, fast songs, are there? Favourite Nightmare, even Teddy Picker, no. it's fast, I guess, but it's more funky. Uh, Brian Storm's the fastest song on the album, right? I would mind saying that. Yes. Brian Storm's yep. is the only one close to the, the speed of the first album and the intensity. But so, this one, I expected this to be really fast, Queens of Stone Age type stuff, but obviously more of a desert rock style. But yeah, it's still definitely in the same world. I don't think we're. I actually think yeah, I, I would say Suck It and See is more of a departure because even the, I would say for me it it goes these three in a trilogy, Suck It and See AM. I think live in a similar world because a lot of that um, B side work and guitar work in uh, songs like Library Pictures and stuff give me a kind of an AM vibe in places. You know, you can't. Uh, so I would say there, there's a, the first three are a trilogy, and then there's these two in the middle, and then Tranquility and the Car very much live in a. I mean, Tranquility kind of lives in its own fucking world, but the car is really is close-ish. In fact, yeah, I mean, it's hard to even compare them really. But if you were going to, in a way, Tranquility is kind of maybe that says a lot though, because maybe Tranquility is its own world, and the car will be its own world. And although you know, when I was on the, I was on the Straight Chilling podcast, and you should listen to that by the way. I don't think I promoted it enough on this one, but. It's out on social on our socials. Um, we discussed the film The Conversation, which is a film that the band picked as part of their film festival for Tranquility. And there was a lot of inspiration from that film we found to discuss about the Arty Monkeys. So it's basically an Arty Monkeys podcast that also reviews a film. So go and check it out. Straight Chilling Podcast, me and Justin. And we'll put a link to that in the episode description where you can also find links to our subscriber content and all our social media stuff. Yes. And w what we discussed in that we found was like all the 70s references. I found a lot of tranquility stuff in the film and Justin found a lot of the car stuff in the film. So we kind of decided that both albums are obviously inspired by the 70s. 
so that kind of leads into the theory that if they were going to do a trilogy of 70s inspiration, the next one would be the genre of 70s rock because they've done the other two kind of 70s sounds. So it all is kind of leading that, yeah. (laughs) So it does kind of get there maybe, but yeah. But yeah, so I think... Yeah, I think definitely I've always seen this one as closer to the first two, but but kind of a, just a different way of doing a similar thing. They're still doing... Because yeah. if you think about it, a lot of our Monkey Song up until this point, they go um, intro, verse, with bass, and then chorus, and then guitar and bass, and then chorus, breakdown, outro. And that, they stick to that similar type of formula. And sometimes they'll mix up which chorus has just bass and which doesn't, but uh, which first, sorry, but they stick to I think this song and the song we've covered so far are similar. They're just better. They're just better versions. They're just more, well, not better, but more musically better, more well produced, more, more refined, got, I think. Yeah. More refined, got more about them. They've layered stuff. They've, they've yeah. experimented. They've put little sounds in there, here and there, and stuff like more that. More confident they? in it, aren't they? Yeah. Because it could be wrong, but I would, I think that's something to discuss at the end, perhaps, but. Other ones that James Ford did the simpler sounds at the album, and the ones that Josh Homme did are the ones where they're really experimenting with stuff. But I guess we'll see. My propeller is one of the Ford um, Ford ones though, and that's quite different. But also not that different though. Um, but anyway, we digress. Um, but it was a good digression. It was a good digression. It was. It was uh, the good kind. So yeah, let us know if you think that the, these three fit as a trilogy. And then, so I'm sure people probably won't agree with us, but. Um, you know, I think musically they do, but suck it and see AM similar vibe as well. And then, yeah, because, yeah, but uh, I love, I love instead of the stop that they do in the sort of last verse, they do instead, they do like the guitars do a little change up, they do a little like. Ding, 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 like no, that, no, no, and no, no, and Helders no, no. changes up the drums as well. He does like a sort of like one of his Helders things, and then and then after that, we just drop to the bass in the verse. So it kind of it's, it's all the instruments, and then they do a little changeover, and then it drops down to bass and. Again, as we always ask, great baseline. Think he came up with the riff first, or do you think it was a case of Nick O'Malley again striking again with a great riff? See, I, this is that's probably the thing I'd like to know the most with every track: what came first, the chicken or the dickhead? The chicken or the dickhead? Came, what came first <laughs> in, in terms of the? I would, I would love to know that so much. Lyrical arm. It's just. Oh, is that the one I always say? What's the lyric? What's the lyric that I kept using all the time? And it was a lyric alarm. We were just like, right, you can't have that anymore for a lyric alarm because I use it all the time. I can't remember what it is now. So that means I get it back wherever yeah. it was. Yeah, <laughs> when I well, say it, maybe we'll remember. It. <laughs> probably that. I don't think it was that. I don't think it was that. Lyric alarm. Give me the full. Give me the full experience. Come on. Give me the full Uh, yeah, yeah, I would love to know that as well in terms of, but here's my theory. So I've heard a lot of times that, um, Helders has talked about how he has old drum beats that he keeps and they use and they're jamming and, and they talk a lot about how beats get them into songs. So Helders has a particular drum beat 
So that would imply to me that that Nick comes up because if if a drummer's doing a jam, it makes sense to me that the bass player would be the next logical person to come up with a riff with the drummer. Yeah. Um. So then and then that's a really cool riff. So then the guitars do that riff, and then like Alex tends to do that riff that he's doing, and then Jamie comes up with his little Jamie Cook specials. So I would think personally that most of the riffs we hear, and it could could be way off the base here. I think it's going to be different with Suck It and See. Because I've, uh, you know, Alex seemed to have written a lot of those songs on an acoustic guitar, from what I could hear, and and also some of the songs on this, like Cornerstone. I think the melodic ones come from Alex, perhaps sitting at a acoustic or at a guitar. But these type of songs, which are very led by drums and bass and stuff, are you mine? Are you mine? Are you mine? Yeah, yeah. I think because let's just say, yeah, are you mine? Great example. Let's just say Helders did that drum beat, and then Nico and I came up with that phenomenal riff to be quite honest but <laughs> i mean once in a i mean that uh, yeah i just can't wait to discuss that because yeah that changed my life but <laughs> it did but the um the i can imagine this one being one where helders was jamming on the drums did that kind of beat of this song and then nick started doing his bass and the guitar did it and here we are i would imagine josh homie put out his fang and went boys i think we got something <laughs> you love it boys i love it <laughs> You're going to the top, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> You know we have the fastest saying Dave album all time, but this is America. <laughs> You're gonna play Carnegie Hall. You're in a real country now. Um <laughs> but the uh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, I I reckon Nick, but you know, who knows really? All we could do is theorize. Um then everyone comes back in. After that, peak them, this, when everyone comes back in. Peak Arctic Monkeys, like, kind of sound to get into something where they do that kind of change of the riff and it switches up. Like, that's peak monkeys. Peak monkeys, I'd say. Peak monkeys. Trademark. Trademark. Trade, miss the mark. Trade, Mark Colin. Trademark speaking. Uh, Trademark speaking, sorry, yeah. Please tell Amen. me how may I direct your instruments? <laughs> Mark. I don't think there's any more. Okay, got that out of our system. Uh, and, if it wasn't then, a trade, Mr. Mark, that'd be awful, wouldn't it? It would be. Then we go into the chorus again. This this second chorus, like they throw so many little sounds and elements into this that I always just think it sounds like sort of subdued chaos slowly building. Like there's so much going on. I can almost just see Jamie like doing little, little sounds. Is and I'm using Jamie as an example here because as you'll hear later on in another segment, again that man was instrumental in a lot of the experimentation. But um that J- jamie like you know making all these little sounds on stuff and trying stuff and going shall we should we try this and let's try this one i think we should try this sound let's plug this in here let's plug what, this what this i'm gonna plug this guitar into an old i don't know blender and it'll like kind of go, <laughs> I don't know, go well, that's a sound it's an amazing sound we'll use that <laughs> um throwing pink dust everywhere <laughs> but but yeah i just i just there's so much going on in this bit like these little sounds and it's like there's no kind of coherence to it but there is at the same time i would almost describe it as if like a football manager 
let players be very creative and do their own thing, but within a strict system. I wonder how long it takes until you got a mention on here. <laughs> Not very long. <laughs> Then we, yeah, so I think, yeah, we get that kind of the build up into the breakdown or fucking break, break up, to be honest, because it's not really, it's a breakdown, but it's a, it's a pretty, <sighs> I always think this breakdown, this lead up into that, that kind of like, that, that I would, that this is the bit of this album that I always think inspired um, elephants by them crooked vultures. So I, mean, I think this inspired oh, yes. him with that because the very, the guitar is very that kind of doom 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 sounds a lot like that song when it when it changes up. Um, but yeah, this build up is good. The whole song, if the whole song is a build up to this breakdown, isn't it? Which is unusual because it's normally it's normally a build up to a big chorus. Is what is what a song builds up to, like a kind of you know if I was to use an example, um, you could use uh, Evergreen. The, pop idol song by will young that's just building up to a, a big moment of oh if you think about the the key change moment when westlife used to stand up off the stools you know that kind of thing is what songs are normally building to um you know i'm gonna take this moment and make it last forever <sighs> um wonder one if people knew but the the <laughs> but the it just feels like it's building up to a breakdown, which is amazing. But it isn't really a breakdown, even though it drops all the instruments. It, it Helders does so much with the drums in this breakdown. It's it's not a breakdown. His drums do the work in this bit of all the instruments. It feels like a, a full moment of the song with just one instrument, which I think is amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, absolutely awesome. It's actually this song because this is what this song is about. Perhaps as we'll get into, it does feel like the music. As I say, sometimes, sometimes when the music reflects while it's just talking about with this band, the way it kind of palm mutes and builds towards this breakdown, it does feel like it's expressing the frustration that the character of the song is expressing with the woman, and that is in that is kind of that is even more backed up by the fact that just before it lets go with the breakdown, he shouts make a let's make a, a mess lioness as it's kind of like a, re a release liner he's releasing yeah. the frustration and then the drums release the flation of the song so that's quite good actually that's quite clever but do you reckon josh i'm at this point and go lads lads save some for pretty visitors all right <laughs> i'm just i still think about like hell just creating this like this is what blows me about the blows me this is what blows my mind about um <laughs> about us not getting any footage from this experience. Maybe that was part of the deal. They didn't want Josh Homme and that didn't want anything. Although we know what Josh Homme's like with photographers and that, don't we? <laughs> um, but, but just the, what I, what, like, because I just imagine these, these desert rock guys, it's Queens of Stone Age, the biggest, you know, desert rock band ever the, at the time, you know, 
everyone that, that album songs are death regarded as like one of the biggest rock albums they've had for years and and dave Grohl's popping in and out taylor's probably there you know and all these different right. dudes probably from that world <laughs> <laughs> she's doing that everywhere huh? <laughs> she fucking does but the the whole like um you know i'm gonna give her a juice this week because i saw the a guy from a heavy metal band i can't remember the heavy metal band's name defending her on stage because his audience booed her when she was mentioned and he was defending her by saying, like, at least she writes and produces her own music, which means that a, a new generation will see that it's not just you can create your own music. It's not just like usual pop artists that are just like churning out. So I was like, yeah, you know, fair yeah. play. Fair play to her. I'll give her that. But um, ingest, not ingest, no, no, what are they called? I can't remember the f- famous heavy metal band. Not not our cup of tea, Nick. But um, I won't know them. No, but um, the uh, yeah, what was I saying? <laughs> no the oh yeah all these drummers famous the drummers like taylor dave gold maybe being around all these different desert rock dudes being there and the hell just bashing out these drums for dangerous animals this breakdown and when you look at them there's a video we're going to play as the outro of this and if you subscribe you'll see it if not it's from the view you'll hear it but the view from videos he did there's a snippet in one of them where they're rehearsing dangerous animals for the head of the tour and when you see him doing those drums up close, like it's insane what he's doing. Yeah. Like so, it's the thought of completely. the fact that he'd only been playing drums at this point for about uh, what? When did he start playing drums? Two thousand two. So maybe, but yeah, five six years because this would have been recorded in two thousand and eight, wouldn't it? Um. So yeah, five or six years, and him bashing out a beat like that—that that these I imagine those guys were pretty solidly impressed with these like guys that have probably been playing music their whole lives at this point, like probably like what at this point, probably like phase, but it's certainly someone like Dave Grohl. Like you just think, and there is evidence for this because we, we've seen pictures of Dave Grohl with them and stuff. So of them knowing them. So yeah, just in insane to me that he's pulling out something like this around those guys. And they're probably impressing those guys as well. This I'm pretty visitors, but yeah, more, more drums on pretty visitors. Um, I think this I mean, is, I can... I can take a leave Foo Fighters, but I do I do enjoy the thought of Dave Grohl being impressed by other musicians and stuff. He seems like a nice guy, Dave Grohl. So I, I'm yeah, a fan especially of especially my I'm favorite really band. Foo fan. No, me yeah. neither. I'm not a Foo Fighters fan, but um, I'm, I'm more. I, if I was if I was going to be, it would be Queens of Stone Age would be the band that I would rather see and listen to than Foo Fighters. To be honest, Foo Fighters are kind of the commercial version of Queens of Stone Age. Foo Fighters are the Queens of Stone Age that your mum likes. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> Yeah, which is a shame because Dave Grohl was in Nirvana, but we all age, I guess. Um, but the, <laughs> but but yeah, I, you know what? I think these. I just can't say enough about the drums on this. I think this this part with this drum breakdown is one of the best musical parts on this whole album oh, for me, if not See, the best. To be honest, uh, that's literally what I had written down to say as well, and I, I think. I, yeah, there's not much that's going to push that. No, I, I think mean, the only thing stuff that's going to push it, but not to that level. No, I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe when we listen to like Pretty Visitors Summit, there'll be something. But but I, I just think the yeah, this bit is just it's just perfect. It's a perfect bit. It's it's rocky. It's cool. It's got swagger. It's funky. It's grimy. Everything about this this breakdown is amazing. It's not a breakdown. Let me call it a breakdown. It's a it's a drum solo. This, yeah, a bit of keys in there, but still, it's everything. It's everything that's previously made up my favorite Arctic Monkeys moments, but they're clearly moving on as well at the same time. It's it's that, that weird middle point. Yeah, I love it. 
Yeah, and who knows I say about them being impressed, but he might have. But he's always been very inventive with the drums and wanting to do stuff. But, you know, we can't discredit the fact that where he was, because he said before about seeing the Queens of Stone Age drum alive and being like, fuck, because he does beast those drums. It, we can't discount the fact that he was pushed by, by people like Josh Homme to, to do even better than he was. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure that was the case. I'm sure it's like, I'm sure they were elevated by those people being in their presence. You know, if you made songs for the deaf, then you know a thing or two about drums. So... I'm sure he was elevated by them as well. So I don't think he, I don't mean he just dropped up and had this riff ready made and they always like, wow, who is this kid? But I imagine the fact that he could do it and come up with it is impressive. I'm sure they probably pushed him along on, on the journey. Yeah. Um, and, and with the, the way they incorporate the keys really make it elevates it as well. That kind of doom, 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 doom. It almost, it almost doesn't have, it, this song doesn't have, without this bit, this song wouldn't be, I mean, you can say that about a lot of monkey songs because of, because of hell, there's our individual band input, but I don't think this song would be without this moment. I don't think I would be saying it's potentially my favorite on the album without how there's drums. Oh, no. well, I could say that about any of the monkey songs about how there's drums, so you know it's pointless, really. Um, and then we kind of build up again, like little Jamie Cook specials as well to build it up in this bit as well. As Alex starts singing, you get that kind of these little that's you know, oh, Jamie, there's Jamie shimmering away, and then we get a little very brief pause. And we come in with what is a very, very cool solo. We've waxed lyrical about the very drums, cool but. Solo the very that kind of i think i think that solo is very queens of the stone age but also very arty monkeys at the same time this is the perfect if you were gonna this is what i imagined the whole album would have been like when you told me josh Hom and artics were doing an album and especially retroactively knowing what i know now about them this solo feels like a kind of important moment on their journey this is why i well. can't get on board with the whole thing of oh did they change so much the sound changes so much after the second album no no it doesn't it's, it's still quintessentially arctic monkeys that solo but you can tell yeah you can hear it and who they're hanging around with and stuff that's that's about the size uh, of it. and then just influ different influences and different styles and you know jamie was always the queen's of his own age head so i mean i think about him as well being here with his hero essentially i mean this fit for them and more so, but for the whole band, this is essentially like us going recording an album with Arctic Monkeys or with Alex, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Alex, but the Arctic Monkeys are dipping in and out and hearing bits and helping with bits and stuff. That's essentially what has happened to them right now, which is just insane, I thought. So imagine what they must have felt like. I mean, because even though they were pretty successful as a band in this country, I imagine they still felt like, you know, small fries compared to Josh Homme at oh, this God, point. Yeah. So, so you, yeah, it's it must have been incredible experience like and hanging out with them and all the stories they must have heard and the laughs they had and shit like, i can't even imagine that is literally like it was getting to go hang out about monkeys making out with them it, it, i can't even quantify what that would be like in my head. We've, i mean we've we've probably only heard about 10 percent of the stories at most oh god yeah and and, so and the fact that, that no after 
after this experience, they were just friends with them now. They just do stuff with them. They hang out with them. He comes and pops on their arms. They pop on theirs. Like, hell just goes on tour with uh, him and Iggy Pop. Like, they went from, you know, producer probably meet heroes. A good testament to the phrase never meet heroes because obviously they didn't have that experience with Josh Homme. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I can't even. Crazy, crazy world. Maybe that'll happen to us one day. Maybe I'll sell a script and then I'll be able to write an Arctic Monkeys film and I can or I can write a film and ask Alex to do the soundtrack and then we can become best mates. Wow. This is what that guy was talking about was fantasizing about being friends with the band. Yeah. I was just <laughs> thinking about Fuck that you. a second ago. <laughs> yeah, but he made it sound like that's all we do. Like it's usually yeah. about 10 seconds of a pod will go, oh, wouldn't it be nice to know them? And then that's it, we move on. It's the whole, you actually like the whole yeah. pod's fan girls going, wouldn't it be nice to see Alex every day and going, yeah. Oh, what would we yeah. do? Oh, what do you how do you go in Tesco with Alex? Do you what, do you he what meal deal selection do you think Alex would get? <laughs> a duck wrap if you're asking but you know <laughs> nah I don't know it's the first thing that came to my head for some I reason I'm trying to think of some now he would salad kind of guy. now he would I think I love how duck, duck wrap is the sign of a multi-millionaire who's lost his roots <laughs> no no duck wrap is the sign of someone that's that's a bit more culturally evolved on a Tesco meal deal standard, you know what I mean? Like that's the best. That's yeah, on yeah. the as Tesco meal deal options go, the duck wrap is the most sophisticated thing on there, probably. I go for the stuff that's the most expensive on its own to maximize my do, meal deal value. I do. I think the the most maximize you can get out of it is to get the triple decker all day breakfast sandwich. To be honest, that's how you're really maximizing your money there because that's like free sandwiches with a full English in them. I'm not saying it's an enjoyable sandwich, and I feel like killing myself afterwards, but it's it's the most money, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to enjoy it. I just need to enjoy the fact that I got more money out of it. (laughs) No, no, no. I I really like there's a... I'm not going to have a fucking conversation about this, what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so yeah. uh, Just another rung on the evolution of of Arctic Monkeys for that solo. And then, and then the whole band come in for the kind of similar to the verse outro, just ends perfectly. And I like that little noise at the end as well. And I can't hear the end of the song without immediately hearing the opening notes of Secret Door either. That's what I oh, hear. No, yeah. there's, there's certain songs like that where, yeah, at the end of them, you just automatically hear Oh, that, that'd be a good uh, top five for this content, wouldn't it? Top five yes. songs where you immediately hear the next song on the album after it. Well, in a way, not really, but in a way, th- this does have a similar end to Switch Up that we have with, like, um, your... Um, you this house of circus if you were there beware you're american sports and you there's a similar thing there between the secret door a little bit not quite as much but not directly kind of um but, but yeah did you think we covered the solo enough there the other solo is fantastic um alex doing it you think i think so i think so yeah, yeah. Mm, i think so jamie normally covers it a bit doesn't he but yeah dude i just love it yeah it's a sound it is it, 
ding, 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 ding. Again, very damn crooked vultures as well, that solo. Yeah. But yeah, fantastic. The music in this song is fantastic. This is going to be hard to beat for me on the album. I'm not saying that won't happen, because as I say, it's early days and there's a lot of ground to cover, but but we have some tunes to come, but I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot going I do on think, there, and it's all about for it. I will say this. I do think on this album, the 10 tracks, only having discussion because it was produced by Josh Homme, I think this is the most Queens of the Stone Age type song on the album. Like, if you speed this up slightly with Josh Homme, me singing, it would sound kind of like Queens of Surge album because their work version would be like kind of like, uh, so like that. It would sound like a kind of Queen of any of you like, been down by the dark. When we finish it, I'm going to play it on like two speed on YouTube. Yeah, it'd be like, it'd be like, fried and feeds, I'm lying up to be too, like, damn, Taylor going mental. So yeah, I think this is the most sound in it. But on that note, should we move it before we do the lyrics? Should we do our little segment we came up with last week where we a covers band chat? A bit of a cop out for me here, so I'll get it out of the way. But based off what I just said, I I, I think for me, I, I would love to quiz the to do a version of this, and and I think it would make sense as well. And I'm surprised because I think they have done a cover of an artist. Yeah, it was 
it's off AM. They did a cover of an AM song, right? More on that later. But they did do a live cover of, I've got, it's on YouTube. They did a cover on a TV or something of, uh, it's an Atomaki song. Anyway. Watch on the Corner When You're High. Watch on the Corner When You're High, yes. On, on the live um, lounge, yeah. Probably the weirdest song, that, but anyway, it was probably on the selection that week. Um, but yes, I would, would love them to, I would have loved to have heard them do a version of, of this song out of all the songs on here. So I was also no, going to say Queens of Stone Age, but I had a, feel, had a feeling you would. So I thought, okay. let's mix it up a bit. So I have gone for, in fact, someone that we have mentioned who's going to feature on this album, uh, The Dead Weather, one of Jack White's 482 bands, but with <laughs> female vocals, Alison Mossart. I'd, I'd like to hear her tackling this. I, th- I think it fits. She's got that kind of... What kind of vibe would the song vocal. have? Would it be faster, same speed, slower than this version? I think it'd be a little bit slower. Just only a little bit a slower. Little, little, tiny bit. So like, kind of like, bit there is actually a YouTube version of this that is it slowed down a bit. Um, and I was gonna use that as I was looking for songs for the things to play as the outro, like I've been doing the last couple of weeks. By the way, I don't know if you listened to it, but that that 4D version of my propeller with headphones on was really good. That was the outro of the last one. Really, yeah, really good. Yeah, <laughs> opened up that yeah. song a lot. Um, but the uh, the end of Crying Lightning as well. There's there's an 8D version of Crying Lightning. We haven't heard that yet. You haven't heard that yet, but that is what there was. The no, lessons were off. Um, very that. good as well. Very interesting. <laughs> but uh, slow, there is a slow version on YouTube, but it's weird to listen to because they don't take the vocals off, so it just sounds ridiculous. But but with the, I guess, yeah. And then a woman going, oh, it's in the Zen phase. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's good, yeah. Uh, and then a little bit of a couple of like, bluesy solo by... Jack White. Yeah, I could see that. Okay, well, excellent. Excellent. Next week's will be an interesting cover to do, I think. Open it up a bit more. Mm. Uh, more on that in a week's time. Ah, do you want some lyrics? Should we do some lyrics? Oh, first of all, his voice. Uh, the start, the singing, the pin down by the bu- pin down in the dark. I like that. I like the way he does that. But singing in this one overall, I think, bit different. Kind of, but I think I think we're still hearing favorite. It's still more favorite worst nightmare, Alex, than whatever people say. I'm Alex, but at do you know the same what? Time you can still see the progression again. Do you know what? When we talk about performative song, the way when he sings, like if you're there, beware was very emotive because it was personal to him. I think this one, there's he's performing a bit because it's a bit like he does on the first TLSP album, which I think the lyrics of this. This is the most. I would say the lyrics to this. We, we said it with crying lightning but the lyrics some of the lyrics in this are also very tlsp sounding i think first at ages in the statement sounding because we you know as we know we've been covering that become a subscriber to hear that but um the yeah uh but yeah moving ahead but well, what, what do you think the song is about nick I not not as not as complex as the the you know the previous ones i think this one this is more classic monkey's fair isn't it yeah, it's it's your, it's your classic um, mucky lover sort of sort of thing, oh, almost unobtainable. Well, not not so much unobtainable, but she's a she's a vixen. She's a fox. Well, here, here's she's my question with it. Yeah, she's difficult. She's the chase. She loves the thrill of the chase. She's difficult to get, and it's yeah. frustrating him. That's a theme that we've seen. Yes, and my question with it is by the end of it, hopefully we'll know, is is this 
a girl who has no interest in him and he's pursuing her? Or is this a girl, which is a commonly led theory I've seen on the internet, is that this is about a, a woman who he wants, but she doesn't want him. But she kind of leads him on a bit. Or is this a girl or is this a girl who's who does want him, but she's playing hard to get? That I think that's the two options that the song does that, that you could decipher. But a lot of people go for the first option there that she doesn't actually want him, but she does like to string him along. Which it is the kind of goes like TLSP vibe as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I can go along with it actually. Like just looking at lyrics and stuff, I think that that does fit. There's there's nothing in the lyrics I don't think to suggest that she is actually properly interested. Well, maybe, uh, maybe there's a couple of things, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but let's go. Let's let's begin it. Um, so, the first line I'm pinned down by the dark. So. Yeah, so is that like the darkness of his obsession? Perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Been down with the dark, yeah, fairly. And then been fighting with my sheets and nearly crying in my sleep. You know what? Which Nothing spectacular so. there. Nice imagery. We obvious, isn't it? Yeah, restless with the sheets. You know, nearly crying because he's that obsessed. But I really just love it as a sentence. I think it's just a really cool sentence. And again, nailed the lyrics for this song because if the music came first, let's say, then nailed the yeah matching the the lyrics with the song because it that kind of that line just feels perfect to the beat of this. Like yeah, just just feels right. Um, because some songs, obviously, any song that you hear, the lyrics feel right with the beat because that's the way you hear it. But I think some songs. Gen- just speaking generally, not just out to monkeys, but I think some songs that you hear, you feel like, oh, they nailed that performance and that lyric in this song, like to go with it. You just feel something different about it. They're always the great songs, I think, that manage to do that. But, um, but yeah, love it. Just love that sentence. Um, but then we get, um, yes, I'm battling that well told gripe, the most frustrating type. You should have racing stripes the way you keep me in pursuit. Good triple vine there. I love that. Like, yeah, very good. Very good. Structure a bit, again, works because, again, what we didn't say with the music of this one is it, it, it is almost still in that rap world as well, isn't it? That hip hop world in its own way. It's kind of hip hop, desert rock type thing, isn't it? Which, you know, to say oh, that as I a sentence, it sounds awful. Thinking, Do you know what I mean? Was... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If somebody said to you, oh, yeah, we've made a hip hop desert rock album, you go, ooh. Don't know about that, mate. It's going to be fucking awful. <laughs> but yeah, right, Mr. Springsteen, really it's worked. time to get to the old people's home. <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, first line saying basically battling with that same old, same old man woman thing we've all battled with the back and forth. And yes, that is very frustrating, Alex. It is. Yes. Um, but the next one, oh, first of a new feature. Nick, can we hear the car alarm oh we've got a car alarm let's hear ah, can we hear that again for well, the people the back? <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> makes me want to go crack on the album now just from hearing that like just yeah. i just want to hear the next bit of that don't you know it ain't like you <laughs> Chills. I got chills. You know, that could be the one song that by the end of this could end up as overtaking Suck It and See, you know. I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Right. Thinking about doing a U. Yeah, but we'll see because Suck It and See does make still give me the feels. So, um, but but yeah, the 
I need to see them live again because Second Sea Horse makes me cry. I've seen it this time, did. So if Mirabal yeah, makes me cry to, next uh, time, then um, yeah. So if you come on tour again, well, guys. What I ideally need is them, them Mirabal's definitely going to be a staple now, right? So yeah. I need them to follow up Cornerstone with body paint straight away so I can see how my reaction changes. Mm. That's the only way to solve it. What if you heard body paint live, but they didn't do the long outro? Then they're dead to me, Dan. <laughs> well, they will do it differently. I don't think they'll keep doing the same outro for it forever. But um, oh, no, I, I think they no, will. Mix it. Well, no, I, I think it'll be an extended outro until the end of time. Now. Extended outro, but they have to change it. You can't keep doing the same extended outro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I'll end up like Rolling Stone fans going, oh, "Going, got to hear that extended." Imagine being their friends. <laughs> <laughs> On the three for ten. Um, Tesco finest meal deal they have. What do you think? Um, the uh, <laughs> I think Alex and Louise would. No, so the car. I feel like you need to do the lyric alarm again now. Because, uh, the, the car alarm again now because we've moved on so far from it. So the car alarm feature uh, is basically we we thought we'd start cataloging all the times and maybe in the wrap up we'll go back and mention all the previous ones. But from this point on, we thought we'd reference all the times that a car is mentioned in the Arctic Monkeys lyrics because there's a lot more than perhaps you think. And this is the first time we have hit that. And it is, although, you know, you could have said, we did hit it on my propeller as well. We just didn't have an alarm then with tow. Although is tow me tenuous because that, that could be uh, towing a boat, a car, towing anything. So maybe that one was a bit tenuous. But this one, the line is, obviously you have should have racing stripes the way you keep me in pursuit. She's very much a car reference, a racing car reference, isn't it? Uh, it is. Yeah. But so at the same time, at the same time, it, it it segues nicely into the animal theme because it puts you in mind of yes. a zebra or a tiger or something like that, and especially with the next line about keeping in pursuit. Oh, he mentions a boot as well. Cars have boots. It is. It is. A racing stripe is specifically referencing a car, though, right? I agree with you about the it animals, is, yeah. but just to say racing stripe, there's nothing else that would have racing stripes, is there? I agree with no, you no, that it also invokes an animal yeah. image. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. to check that we didn't. But I, I love the I love the way it covers both bases. Yeah, it could easily be. Yeah, because the dangerous animal does make you think of uh, wildlife animals, doesn't it? And a lot of cars have a named after said animals. Yeah. So there you Jaguar. Go. Jaguar. That one. I can't think of any more right now. Me, I said a lot, but got a battle up now, but I can't. <laughs> the cheetah. Yeah, Is that a car? No. Now I'm thinking. Now, a lot of things then. <laughs> puma yes um <laughs> you don't have a puma car um but the uh what a line though I, I do love that comparison to the chase like her as a car in a race and him in hot pursuit and then obviously like you say yeah the animal invoking of the you know the the, the like you said the the jaguar hunting its prey whatever chasing down the gazelle or whatever that's him trying to get her but he can't can't get a great stuff lovely imagery uh from alex um, I, do, I do remember I did thinking a lot. Not not my favourite lyrical song on this album, but this is up there. I think he does a really good job of um, doing his kind of new Alex metaphor thing, but also keeping it fairly grounded. Like, there's no kind of what's this one about? Is there? It's pretty straightforward. You know what no, it's about. It's still, he's basically yeah. doing what he's done always, talking about women being in suit, but he's doing it in this way. Um, Hey Dan, do you like listening to popular songs with questionable lyrics? You know I bloody do. And Nick, do you like drinking copious amounts of alcohol? Nah, do I ever. 
actually a worry. Well, if you're the same as us, then come listen to weekly podcast Liquor and Lyrics, where we take apart popular music's worst songwriting whilst drinking our favourite drinks, which kind of stay in theme with the song. From gin and tonic to grease lightning. Cosmopolitans with Chaz and Dave. Blue Lagoons with Busted. Sex on the Beach with Sex on Fire. Shirley Temples with Shaggy. And even a Shandy with Sharon. Drop it on Tuesday the 19th of September and every Tuesday after on your favourite podcast platform. I was wondering what I was also about the recording to hear Josh on me commenting and people commenting on Alex's lyrics while he's doing them in the recording booth or whatever he's singing or whatever. Like, very would love to also know that whether whether they kind of saw in him his great lyricism when they listened to his previous stuff um, before he came. But yeah, stuff we'll never know. Maybe one day. Maybe if I do do a documentary about the Humbug area, if I ever get to do it, I'll get obviously get Josh on me in and ask him all this stuff. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Start off the channel, yeah. <laughs> you've been the cameraman what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> gotta get you on the payroll somehow yeah. <laughs> you sh- uh, the next line is you sharpen the heel of your boot and you press it to your chest and you make me wheeze then to my knees you do promote me that's hot in it that. that's a hot line to my knees oh, that's hot in it to my knees you do promote me just suggests that well how low were you if if you're being promoted to your knees, then oh, you're just in the dirt. Very submissive, isn't it? Yeah. And also, the idea of her being in complete control of this back and forth, he's submissive because he wants her that bad that she's just in complete control of the situation. And she will, yeah. like, metaphorically make it more difficult for him because she loves being chased. And then she'll give him a little bone to go at, a little nugget to give him hope by promoting him up from the floor to his knees. But not any more than the knees because she doesn't want him to you know, think he's got more of a foothold on her than she wants. Very clever line. Very clever. And that that actually invokes both theories because you could say on the first theory that she's promoting him to his knees to keep him in the chase, to give him a bit of false hope, even though she's not interested because she just likes the chase. But you could also say in the other theory that she's promoting him to his knees because she does want him. So she wants to keep him in the chase. She just likes to thrill the chase. But I, but there's something about the sound of the song and the way Alex performs it that does lean towards the first one a bit because he does sound a bit bitter about the whole situation, doesn't he? So a bit, again, PLSP, age on the statement, a bit bitter about this woman being a bit of a knob. So, yeah, I don't know. It feels like, yeah, I am leaning towards the first one a little bit more for now. Um, and then we get A-N-I-M-A-L. She makes my head pirouette more than... I can't ever say words like that about going into partridge mode. Pirouette. Uh, she makes my head pirouette more than I would be willing to confess. D-A-N-G-E-R-O-U-S. Interesting this because a pirouette is when you spin in, when a ballet dancer spins on one foot with your raised foot on your knee, isn't it? Like in a, in a ballet sort of spinning. So if your head was doing that, you know, I don't think he means the position. So he means like spinning, basically your head spinning. She's got you. Yeah. She's got you out of your head, you, you, you know, you makes your head spin, you that into a, you know, whether that's like lovesick, confusion, obsession, you know, that kind of, we've all been there, that kind of crazy, like head, yeah, head, head fuck. She's a head fuck, basically, is what he's trying to say. Mind fuck. Head fuck, mind fuck, what's he saying? Mind fuck. Um, but he doesn't want to admit that to her and give her even more control in this situation. If she knew how much she was driving him, then she would uh, go in even more. She'd love it. You don't want to give her the satisfaction. 
knowing she's done. That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, we've got over there as well. Uh, which, again, is a bit bitter, because if you did like her, you'd want her to know how much you care about her. So if he's already thinking he doesn't want her to know about how much she fucks him, then fucks with his head, then that implies he's a bit bitter about the way she's leading him along and making him work for it as well. Um, but then he does enjoy it a bit, because I get a little bit, the knees promote me to your knees with the ways and that. There is, he's enjoying that. He's enjoying that little submissive, yeah. sexy bit there, isn't he? We're all enjoying I know I am. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is probably one of the most overtly sexual Alex gets in the lyrics, isn't it? Even though he said yeah, stuff no. before, but although actually there's another bit in the song when he goes a bit overtly sexual as well, you could say. Um, I'll, be, I'll be honest, it's not good for me that we're doing this when I'm going on a date tomorrow because I'm I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna t- turn up and be like, kick me in the bollocks. <laughs> and that's always your standard opening date line anyway so i don't see how this plays yeah i know i wanted to move away from it <laughs> can't change who you are at this point nick um <laughs> the light it fidgets through the thoughts will soon revert to you i really like that it's a bit basically the light coming in through the window he's just woke up in the morning uh, but his first thoughts will soon be straight on her like you get that straight kind of initial her. wake up where you go oh, it's morning or whatever and then you'll go straight back on her straight back on her and then this this is this probably one of my yeah about as bashful as a tribal dance Famous i mean that is so... at all. <laughs> love it love it yeah it's so fun, funny and sarcasm clever so basically wants the attention on herself is what i should say it's because because a tribal dance draws the eye so if you were bashful you'd be reluctant to have the attention you wouldn't be doing a, a tribal dance if you were bashful so yeah i mean don't really need to explain that to people i'm sure but you know for the idiots at the back <laughs> um that's very <laughs> the idiots at the back who needed four plays of the uh we, Lamb jingle we cater to everyone on this podcast <laughs> um, except I mean, people that are monkeys fans so. <laughs> well, yeah there's one um but do you think you need <laughs> <laughs> Don't yourself down, mate. <laughs> I love it like this. I like uh... <laughs> Can we get like this? Um... <laughs> People are going to start thinking there's animosity. Like they won't know. Like it'll be like that thing when you who is it and there's like no, a double act. Like, is that real that. animosity? Yeah, because we had it because we had a bit of time off and a sudden break. People are like, oh, is there a bit of a bit of animosity? Like being the tabloid soon. Is there a bit of animosity in in the hype? <laughs> podcast sexy party romp feud in the sun or something <laughs> so if we were going to fall out it would be something like that uh, <laughs> would be sex based I'd imagine um, so where were we yeah okay so with that though when he says that so we know what that means it means she's she, a travel dance isn't bashful he's being sarcastic she's obviously gagging for the, his attention or any attention so do you think do you think he means her then on this or himself? He means her, right, is where you would go. He's talking about her. The only reason that's that is because the next line is the first and final chance. What do you think that means? Because basically that, that's a, that's kind of those lines together about as bashful because they rhyme, so they're kind of together. About as bashful as a tribal dance, the first and final chance. Is he saying, because what he'd be saying is that she loves the attention and it's his first and final chance to win her over or is he saying that he loves her attention and it's his first and final chance to win her over like i don't know like i think he must mean her because the whole song before this has been about him describing her it'd be weird to switch to a kind of derogatory term about himself but yeah i think the first and final chance he means he's he's, he's meaning he only he's only really got one shot at her and 
that's his final chance, really. Because after that, she'll yeah. just keep shrugging you along. There's no coming back with this girl. You don't wear her down like some women. And men. Yes. So yeah, first and final chance. Yeah, I think he's referring to his first and final chance with her. Um, bit of a random line in there. But, and then we get, and of course, the audience of Frighteners and Fiends divided up into two teams. So what? The men that are after her? Yeah, none Is that of them what you mean? Is that what he means? Yeah, that people, they're all frighteners and fiends that are after her. That implies a bit of sympathy for her then because it's not a good selection of people to come after you, is it? Or is that what she deserves because of the way she loves the chase? Oh, what came first? You know, the chicken or the (laughs) egg? I haven't had a lyrical arm for that for a while. Um, (laughs) But yeah, and then paired with when the acrobat fell off. So this is an interesting line. I'm interested to see what you make of that. When the acrobat fell off the beam, she broke everyone's heart. Before you say what you think it means for some reason, I always think of Russia when I hear that line. Don't know why. I think it's because I associate gymnasts with Russia straight away. They usually are. In my head. Yeah, yeah I just Russia think I did. Yeah, so I always think Russia when I hear that line. And that, that then that leads me to... So I think, before you say what you think it means, I think when the acrobat fell off the beam and she broke everyone's heart is very TLSP, AG understatement line. That is very, is, that is very is like a, so uh, a separate and ever deadly type line or an agent statement yeah. line or a, yeah, or a, yeah, only the troops like, yeah, very much so. But yeah, what do you think that means? I see it as, <laughs> I, I see it as like, like we just mentioned a second ago, like eliciting some sympathy for her that maybe she, she can't keep this going and she's almost, she's almost revealed a bit of herself. There and people have thought, oh shit, it's, it's not all her. It's, mm. she, she's not the main problem here. You know, there's a reason she's uh, like this. As there often so, is so, with these things. So, like, yeah, when she revealed her true self a bit by falling off the beam, she slipped. She slipped. Let the mask, the mask slipped. You could say it's another way of saying the mask that slipped. She's not perfect. Yeah, oh, I like that. Yeah, the like, it, well, you say normally a, a songwriter would say her mask slipped, but Alex, being Alex, said when the acrobat fell off the beam. I imagine uh, the way I imagine Alex's mind works is, and I have no idea, obviously, it's just completely in my head, is that he go, he wants, he thinks that what you're going to, okay, the mask has slipped, and he thinks, right. And he thinks, what else would you slip on? And he keeps thinking of ways to slip until he finds something where he thinks an acrobat slips, and he goes, oh, a beam. And then he writes an amazing line like, when the acrobat fell off the beam. And yes, yeah, you broke everyone's heart because cause I'd seen it a bit differently. Um, and it is very plausible, by the way, that the, this is straight after TLSP, that there are a few stray lines that he didn't use knocking about. But um, I always saw it as it's like similar in that she, she stopped performing. Like, so she stopped pretending to want them because the whole song's about the pursuit and the thrill of the chase and she's pretending she wants them and not, which lies in the first theory again that she doesn't really want him. But but I always saw it as like when she stops performing and stops pretending to want you, she breaks all their hearts, the crowd, in the way that a, a gymnast would break yeah. the heart of the crowd, the crowd wanting them to get the gold or whatever. Yeah. And when she reveals that she doesn't want them, she stops the game, basically. She stops the chase. You, know, you ever had that? You know, when you're chasing a girl for a while, and she seems to like it, but she's playing you a bit, and then she calls it off. It's heartbreaking. So that's how I always saw it. She stopped the, the similar, similar things, but that she's because performing. I'll tell, tell you what else it puts in my head. That, that line as well. It's something that we've mentioned as a running theme all the way from Favorite Worst Nightmare. Uh, hmm. The circus theme again. Yes. The song doesn't sound circusy, but purely because of that line, it's like we're back at the circus, animals, and well, now that you say it, the the yeah. kind of the keys in the 
breakdown held or the drum solo as we're calling it the, the keys in the drum solo yes, are a bit sexy yeah. they're ding, ding, ding. Yeah. and what do you get generally at a circus nick lionesses yeah dangerous animals danger i don't know i said that dangerous animal dangerous animals steve Irwin, uh, more like yeah but you know play with fire you get burnt um but the one's dead one's a dead nonce we haven't good references at all are they no, well, sorry. Don't trust men that play with dangerous animals. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, that well, them two with that, what they're called, the lion, and two magicians from the nineties. <laughs> oh, um, they both oh, creep me out uh, a bit. They're up to something, aren't they? They creep me out. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, they, I can't even remember what they're called now. I can only think of Hansel and Gretel. That's all I've got running around my head is Hansel and Gretel, and I know it's not that. No, I'm surprised Alex has never referenced Hansel and Gretel in a lyric. Like, it feels like a very Alex thing to do. <laughs> Make some opaque reference to Siegfried Hansel and Gretel. Siegfried and Roy. Yeah, very, um, very, yeah, it is very sexy, that. And I guess the whole song, you know what? I did, now that you've said it, I just got a flashback to my younger self at 19 that didn't cross my mind this time. Um, I did used to think a lot of a circus ringleader when I'd listen to this song, for no for no apparent reason yeah. really. I guess you could see her as a circus ringleader, couldn't you? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, interesting that you say that. But yeah, the last line of the song. But yeah, I think that that one to be she's she's either the mask has slipped and she's broke the hearts because she's. But that I think the reason I would the only reason I could go against yours not just because you said it and I didn't and I've said mine, but the only reason I'd go against yours is because that. To say the mask slipped and her showing a bit of herself to everyone broke the hearts because she wasn't what they thought, that invokes a bit of sympathy for her. Yeah. Um, which he has done in the line before, to be fair, because he called them frighteners and fiends. So maybe he is showing a bit of sympathy at the end. But my line's more uh, is is a bit colder, I guess, in, in keeping with the rest of the song, that theory that she stopped performing, she's broke the hearts, basically. She's fought them off. So it depends which way you want to look at it, that he's being a bit nice to her, and feel a bit sorry for her because of the type of men that are after her. So I think it, if it either had been for the Frighteners and Fiends lyric, then I'd have gone straight down the same avenue as you. It's only because of the Frighteners and Fiends, and we've already mentioned. <laughs> no, that's the only. I, I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted by that, and I'm conflicted by whether there is sympathy for her in the song. I think mm. Alex Nami does do that, give a bit of sympathy for the, the character as well. Apart from like Scummy Man, who's just a cunt, obviously. So no Very need. But I mean, that's the first cunt of the series. We, um, but the <laughs> not the last. But the uh, the last line is, but yeah, I think it's either. Or. I, th- I think I think it's nice to think he has a bit of sympathy for her because that shows a bit of uh, niceness in him. That even though she's treated him badly, he still feels sorry for her because maybe it's not her, maybe it's the men she attracts that drive her to be in that way. Who knows? Yeah. Heaven knows that happens. Um, but the last line is, God only knows. I was going to sing that one. The most unusual pet. It's been long enough now, so let's make a mess, lioness. I mean, that is the most sexually overt, like, just dripping. Yeah, just dripping. Um, so she's a dangerous animal is obviously what the song has been getting at. She's a, she's a usual pet, but, but most unusual pet that, that kind of insinuates the, that taming her into a pet, which then insinuates that if you chase a woman that's, that's playing hard to get, and then you get her, you taming her like a pet, which I don't like that imagery uh, so much in this day and age, no. but <laughs> I don't want to be responsible yeah, for saying that. It is, but... it is a very common, common image 
even, even but i suppose he's just saying she's wild and maybe he doesn't yeah. mean it in that way he's obviously not like that, we know that so no yeah. Yeah. no so but um but that is but it's funny because he's kind of he's been a bit she's he's chasing her but he knows that she's playing hard to get and she's being difficult and he gets a bit annoyed by her and then he says whatever we you know whether he thinks she stopped performing whatever he thinks the mask has slept and he feels sorry for her but then at the end he's kind of just saying come on love it's been long enough let's just fuck it's kind of a moment of frustration and outburst isn't it he's going yeah, come, like, on, come on let's have it which is which is what just the song does as well like say. yeah and the song does that it builds to that the drum solo but yeah, it does feel like he's doing that. Does feel like it's going. He's kind of, he, he might be saying this and that about her, and he might be feeling sorry for her. He might be doing that, but then he's just like, oh, "Fucking hell!" Like, <laughs> it's been long enough now. I've been chasing you. It's not normally this hard, but let's make a mess. Yeah. Do you think he gets her at the end of the song? Do you think that implies he gets her, or is it just frustration? I, I see it as just frustration. Well, I don't know, maybe he gets her all along. It, it depends which way we're going to read people. Yeah, to that's the thing. Does she? If, if you think that she doesn't want him at all and it's just a game, then he doesn't get her and it's just a moment of frustration, but he never gets what he wants. Because mm. um, the rest of the song just repeats, doesn't it? The, the D-A-N-G-R-O-U-S um, over and over again after that. Oh, he doesn't really, he doesn't really sing again. He just says, I'm pinned down by the dark again. Oh, considering he says, I'm pinned down by the dark again after that, that would imply that he doesn't get her and he's still frustrated, wouldn't it? Hope so because in the breakdown, the moment of the release, he says, I'm pinned down by the dark. So, yeah, that would imply that he's still left in his frustrations. So, there you go. Ooh, what, a, what a time to be alive. Yeah. Should we hear something from the boys themselves, though? A little segment we like, I refer to my notes as the John Kennedy bit. <laughs> yeah, but we also we have a song clip that we do. We do a jingle. Well, yeah, we do. Yeah. And by the way, so much to discuss over a broken Last yeah. week when I, when I, when I put that in, I, I did bookend it for crying lightning with that again at the end. It felt like it needed a bookend of the jingle after they stopped speaking. So maybe click it again at the end. It didn't feel right to like end the clip and then we start talking. It felt right to have. You know, like it's kind of a segment, Makes like sense. the beginning and the end. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's have a look and see what they had to say, shall we? To Exposure, it is XFM. I'm John Kennedy, and that is Arctic Monkeys, Dangerous Animals from the brand new album Humbug. Matt and Alex from the band are here with me tonight, talking us through it track by track. And uh, there's all sorts of stuff in this track, Dangerous Animals. Maracas? Are those maracas? Sorry, castanets. castanets. Yeah. I knew I'd get it wrong. And then there's this great echo kind of chime at some oh, point near like the end some, yeah that's just like a little trick jamie again i don't oh, know if this came from the same sort of premonition as his other but um but yeah that's just him um, like the submarine sound that he recreated very well live might i add yeah right i mean he's really done it he's he's he's, he's getting good with all that business clever yeah. Does he have a massive array of pedals in front of him? It's, it's uh, expanding. It, although it did, it got very large. Streamlined, got, but now it's kind of. Is that the I don't know if it's just changed? Been made more sort of efficient. concise. Yeah, efficient. But but he, yeah, there's, all, there's a lot going wanted. on downstairs. Yeah. And when uh, a rock guitarist like Jamie yeah, assembles yes. his board, um, does he do it all himself? Does it, is he out there with a the carpentry getting it right, or can you buy ready-made? Well, this things? is the thing. I think he did have a carpenter trade one <laughs> but now there's like these good ones that I've, I've noticed and I you know I just sit there and look but yeah it's like a 
special one. I think he covered it in something that so it was carpet rather <laughs> than what it was before. Metal bars. Right. Cause so he, he, the Velcro he embellished it. Yeah, he embellished a great design to make it a superb design. I mean, Excellent. I'm sure he, he he would certainly be more than capable of yeah. knocking up a, a you know, the, the structure to... Uh, yeah, given the chance. Yeah. And so Dangerous Animals, the song, uh, w what's it all about? Who are these dangerous animals? Who are they? It's, it's quite, they see, it's a bit of a raunchy... Uh, I mean, we'd had, yeah, we had a song called Dangerous Animals for, for a couple of years, actually, I think, but it wasn't anything like this. And I think that was, was scrapped and then, like, some sort of pieces of it were taken forward. Like, that's like what I was saying before, like, I think that's has, has happened a lot um, until recently. Would there's there'd always be bits of things and, and like that you know things came from like a lot of drum beats that would always be kind of going on in sound checks or whatever, and there always sort of be this like roller decks of uh, rhythm. Do you have to maintain that all that? In your mind, yeah. Matt. Yeah, I'm constantly searching. And we'd finish up in positions where we were like, you know, trying all sets of lyrics over different kind of. I mean, if yeah. you saw the journey of where some of these beats have been and gone and ended up, yeah. it's quite strange. It really is. Really is. I mean, yeah, really is. <laughs> they, they, they sort of. There's ones we tried out. On the other second album, one survived to this album. I'm not yeah. going to drop any names. But yeah. <laughs> Do you give the, the beats names? But that's sort of almost like always how it had worked is that like sort of yeah like that chopping and channeling like a art rod. Hmm. But but then I don't know more recently I think and like with some of the ones on this album and or like the last ones that were written for it, it was perhaps done in a little bit more of a kind of traditional way I suppose like writing a song and then seeing what mm. what's best for the song and sort of taking it down take, you know doing it that way but uh wait a minute there's something I was going to say um no no that's <laughs> <laughs> and does uh, Josh does a bit of singing on Dangerous Animals is that right yeah he does a bit like yeah the, the harmonies that's something he really he encouraged us with actually like kind of Nick and Matt and and Josh would do uh, do a load of backing vocals. So yeah, I really want to get more into that mm. world. Yeah. Too much to discuss over a bucket of balls. Yeah, big fan of uh, roller decks of rhythms. That's a great phrase. Yes, and that kind of lies into that. I mean, I mean, it doesn't, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't. The Nick coming up with the beat because they're doing these different rhythms and they got this stuff. But then it's interesting as well that he tries different lyrics over the songs as well. Yeah. Things aren't as straightforward as sometimes you imagine them in your head, where you like think, okay, they make the song, and then Alex goes and sits and writes the lyrics somewhere. He's trying different lyrics over the song as they're doing it and stuff. That's very interesting. Um, one thing to note there. Put some respect on Jamie Cook's name. Again, he's instrumental in the sound creation and experimentation and, and creating that. And it's interesting they referred to that sound that I described as a, a, a chink in a warehouse, like a glass chink, as the submarine sound. That kind of yeah. that's that underwater beep that a submarine makes yeah, in the, the water. Song, I think. It does it does actually yeah. sound like that, yeah. So and he recreated it live. Um so that, that's interesting and interesting that they, they create the submarine sound 
just before Alex would end up doing a soundtrack to a film called Submarine. Life, oh life, oh life, oh life. Um, on the Slough Branch. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, I love that. I just think Jamie gets so little credit. Last two songs, Dangerous Animals, Crying Lightning. Crying Lightning, the biggest song of this album. Jamie instrumental in pulling that song together. He's the linchpin. And that's why when people love this bullshit about Tranquility that Alex made the rest of the band do it. Nah, Jamie was in there, man, experimenting. I guarantee you Alex might have been the core of that album, but all those weird guitar sounds and shit on the album, I guarantee they came from Jamie. Even look at something like Mirrorball in the video. He's, he's just playing one note on a keyboard, like, for a bit of that song, isn't he? And that really, well, he's doing it really dramatically in the video, <laughs> just hitting the one note yeah. and the backing up and doing that. Like, you know, he's, he's all over it, man. He is Arctic Monkeys. He is Arctic Monkeys. He's man. He's Put some respect him. on his name, fan it's base. Should we have some, uh, have some. Have some shipping forecast news, which we forgot last week. That we've remembered to do this week. Let's do it. Remember, remember now. Well, it's interesting because I was gonna do um, Amanda Blank, but I'm having trouble finding her Instagram, and I hope she hasn't felt the need to come off Instagram because of the fan base. Because I'm, it's little Amanda Blank, isn't it? I think so, yeah. It's not coming up anymore on any of my Instagram accounts, so I do hope she's not been forced off it by twats because I can't find her Instagram anywhere anymore. She's not popping up on my stories or out like she normally does. Well, that would be a shame, and that would be very depressing for the segment. But in the meantime, while we re- while we research one that researches that, I will just share one from... Um, yeah, the, the link you've... The link you followed may be broken or the page may have been removed. Oh, no. So she might have been forced to delete it because I did notice that when they got married, the tabloids picked up the pictures a lot. Um, But that that will mean that so we're one down on the shipping podcast. We've, in our great efforts to, which to be fair, we've, you know, we've not been on air for three months. So, you know, but um, not not that we would have affected us talking good for 30 seconds about it would have affected a decision to delete Instagram or not. But, um, Katie, Katie, I was going to go on Katie Cooks, but we're kind of, this might be, a, let me look at Louise's because we might have to find a new, <laughs> we might have to stop this segment if there, because she was kind of, Amanda was kind of the main Instagrammer with related stuff. Well, here we go. It was a very nice picture actually of Alex for the anniversary, a picture that Matt Helders took of Alex and Louise on a boat and Alex has had his hair cut. He looks very handsome and he's, uh, He's got a leather jacket on and Louise is hugging him and there's kind of a coastline behind them and it's a beautiful picture and it's for their um, anniversary, I believe. The the message is in French, so I can't see. It says something, something or more and it's got a birthday cake. Oh, it might have been oh, it was Alex's birthday. It was January 6th. Of course it was. It was That's Alex's true. birthday. Yeah, January, yeah. yeah. Um, it was Alex's birthday. She had a picture of her and Alex and she put, thank you, well, she put Mercy Matt Helders to have captured this tenderness. So there you go. It might not have been recent, actually. That could be an old picture she's shown, like with Alex's haircut before the. It looks like his hair around the start of this car period, actually, before it started to go out a bit. Oh, we'll find out in three years' time when they do a new album, won't we? It looks good though. When I saw it, I thought, Oof. you know, when your penis twitches a little bit where it shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Not that it shouldn't Always. if you're into that, but it shouldn't for me who identifies oh, yeah. as a 
heterosexual male. Yeah, almost exclusively <laughs> does for me. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. But yeah, that'll be. We'll do a bit of research on that. But that would be fucking awful if she's had to delete Instagram because of our fans. I don't know what they'd be giving Helder shit about. I get like it's usually we want you to be with Alexa for Alex, but what is it, Helders? What are they having to go at Helders about? I don't know. Maybe sure it's for other reasons. Actually, it may be wrong for me to assume it's because of Arctic Monkeys things that she's deleted it. But I just know what social media fans are like. So, you know, yeah. unfortunately. Should we do our um, favorite lyric? Too busy with the mind on clever lines. Well, there was, I was originally going to go with the one that I think is going to be your favorite lyric. So, but I think at the end of the song there, I changed it. I, I, I like when the acrobat fell off the beam, she broke everyone's heart because a, I think it's a really cool line and that he's come up with, and a b, I really like your metaphor and probably what it's about as well. So I am going with that. Okay, well, I'll surprise you then because so I planned to go with that, but then oh, did you? at the end. I decided on it's been long enough now, so let's make a mess, lioness. I thought because of your reaction to as bashful as a tribal dance would be was the line that you were going to go for because you showed great reaction to that moment in the lyric oh, discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it was always either the acrobat line or make a mess, lioness. It was always going to be one of them mm. two. They are the like big moments of the song, aren't they? Those two, so. Yeah, very good, very good. Although I do really like the way he structures the racing stripe line as well. Really like that. So yeah, but as ever, you know, it's picking. There's so many to pick. But and uh, we do our favorite musical. Musical. I mean, we both know what this is going to be. I assume. But should we have our favorite musical moment? Maybe not. Controversial. Well, go on then. In case there's a difference here, what, what's yours? So, I, I think I know what you're going to go for, but having watched several live versions of this, I can't stop thinking about the bass in, in the verse where it's just bass, drums, and vocals. It, yeah, it was good. It was sexy on and that clip. It's purely based well. on the live versions. It sounds so much better than the live versions, I think. A lot more meat to it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a very good live bass sound. Um, but I'm going the drum breakdown solo, whatever you want to call it. It's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, that's um, yeah. Although shout out to the solo as well because it's a very cool solo. <laughs> um, yeah, but I do have a hot take actually. Just a little thing to say. Oh boy, let's get on that immediately. She flicks a red hot revelation off the tip of her toe. So I think you do remember this. This this was a song that made it. Didn't make it out of its the tour for this album live. Never made it out of it. I think this is the best song to not make it out of its era live. So maybe so far, rather than looking ahead because I can't remember. I don't can't remember which ones and stuff. But but as it stands now, I'm thinking. Even thinking ahead, I'm thinking which songs would I want in the set. I think because all the other the other like even if you were there, beware has made it out of its era. It popped up here and there. So I think this is the best one that just stayed in this era and never came out. Oh, I think it may well be actually thinking about it, yeah. Um, because My Propeller got out, right? Got... Um, my Propeller was played... Pushing Approaching has been out. That was out last tour once, twice, wasn't it, as well? Pushing Approaching, when he did, didn't he do it? Yes, because yeah. 
because I wouldn't have minded that. Because he changed um, the go-kart line at the end. Remember? Yeah, would you like me to knock us up a go-kart? Yeah, <laughs> bad. Right. Um, Your battle's bashful as a trifle. I wouldn't... <laughs> I, yeah, I can't think of any others that I'd want to also got. You've also got songs songs like Monster Truck Front Flip that didn't even make it into mm. the era. Well, if, yeah, Tranquility is a, a funny old one, so when I get there, I'll probably change yeah. my opinion. But up until Tranquility, I can't think of any... Didn't maybe someone at what an AM hasn't made it out of the era that I'd want to hear live? Number, <laughs> None of them. <laughs> nah, number one party. Did number one party anthem make it out of the era? Yeah, that was played in America on the last. Yeah, tour. it was. Yeah, so yeah, maybe there isn't any on that because oh, Nice. No, Nice Socks has been played, hasn't it? So, so yeah, I, don't, I think Nisox, actually they did the Queen's Stone think, like, style outro hmm, for a while. What What about um? Dun, 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 dun. Models has Record Serenade been out of the era? I don't think it has been. I think because that would be one that would be up there for me that should should be live and as well. Um, probably uh, the song before that didn't stick around, didn't it? Well, that has made it out of the era, though, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, made it out of the era, yeah, but I would love that to stick around a bit more. Uh, yeah, I can't complain though because we got second see on Cornerstone, didn't we? So, you know, Pile Driver Waltz, I think, came out on, early in the AM tour. I think. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, sorry, this sorry. is there's only a few. There's not many that haven't sort of popped about from from now on. So, um, you know, I think that there's a song on this album that a lot of people would say maybe that I wouldn't say, but um, I wouldn't mind. Jules Hands another shout because I don't think that made it out of this era, did it? I don't know though, he might have, but but uh, Jules Hans is one of them. I don't. You kind of expect that to not make it out though. It's kind of a very much of its time song, whereas this feels like it could still slot in. But but of course nobody would really know it that that wasn't. I don't know. The songs they tend to bring into it are ones that maybe even other people know. I don't, I don't know um, when they're being generous anyway. But yeah. but yeah, no, I think it is for me. It's the best song that we don't hear live, or we haven't heard live. I haven't heard this song live since two thousand and nine, and that upsets me. And I probably never will. Know, if we do get the rock album that we're anticipating, oh, you know what? I'd bloody love it. Bring, there's a lot of scope for stuff to be brought back. Yeah, I think if they did a rock album and they were going at a tour and they looked at this tour and went, right, we brought that stuff back last tour, so that was good of us, but. Like, if you were going to pair a rock album with another album to bring songs back, you would go, you know what, we never dip into. And I imagine Jamie's dying to dip into this one again because he's, yeah. I always quote him as saying that he always felt when people were, you know, saying it was, they didn't like it and stuff, that this is the one in the catalogue that people would go back and go, oh no, we were wrong about that looking back now. Once you take the emotion out of the situation, it's a solid album. Um, so I think if you made a rock album, you were putting a tour together, you'd go back to this and see what you could. What I'd hope is they they go back and they go, if you were there, beware would work in this one. Dangerous animals would work in this one. Ocean approaching would work in this one. Yeah, I'd love that. Old yellow rock... bricks would work in this one. Keep I, I could I could go and see them do a rock tour with just rock songs, the rocks, the rockier songs, and then a couple of melodic ones in the middle of like suck it and see and cornerstone and shit. And then yeah, I could honestly I could lose all the all the tunes from the poppier sort of hits. Now I've heard them. I've heard Teddy Picker enough. Now I can do it. I can do a tour without it. Yeah. I'd have to wait for a lesson again. Don't get me wrong, I love it, but yeah, come on, we've had it. Five, even five or five, I can do that for a tour. Let's throw in 
That's fine. That's where you're wrong instead of 505 for a tour. Go on. You're bold. It's such a shame that's where you're wrong didn't stick around on the last tour. That would have been great. I'd also love them to throw, like, like yeah, some um, some Tranquility songs in there that they don't play as well, that we're never going to hear live. I mean, you missed the tour, so you're definitely never going to hear them live. Some of them. Yeah, I'm very, very upset with uh, the lack like... of love for Tranquility on the last tour. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's that's me. That's me. You're spot on. I agree. I think we agree. Get in touch and see if you agree. Um, this has very nearly wrapped up the show. Series three, episode three. But this is the part of the show where we challenge AI to write a description for next week's show. Do we not? Have I missed something? No, we do. We do. You're right. Good, good. You're right on time. This is why I put all this is why I put all my buttons in order before. And talking of buttons. Yeah. Let's push the you push the button and we'll do the Dangerous Animals, a musical escapade where fools on parade frolic. Oh, no, not Dangerous Animals. What am I saying? Um, Secret Door, sorry. Secret Door. That's, that's me. That was AI. That was, that was my brain. AI is perfect. My brain didn't work. That's the problem. That's why it will kill us all. Secret Door, a musical escapade where fools on parade frolic, cavort, and conduct a sing-along so wild it would make a zookeeper blush. Picture this, a procession of fools marching in unison, carrying on for waiting guys that are more appealing than a front row seat at a cat fashion show. The cat's back. The cat's back. The cat reference is back. <laughs> Our protagonist, however, is no fool. No, she's the kind who'd rather swim out of tonight's phantasm than be hollowed by the stairs of the peanut gallery. In a magnolia celebration attempted on a Wednesday night, because why wait for the weekend? Our heroine decides it's better to avoid a reputation as a miserable little tyke. After all, who needs that kind of baggage? As the secret door swings behind them, she says nothing, just giggling along, her arms folded, looking indignant, yet not showing any signs of leaving soon. And then, like a butler pushing on a bookshelf, comes the unexpected revelation. I, who was earlier reluctant, suddenly find myself embarrassed and corrected. Just listen to the lyrics now, the AI, isn't it? She's got lazy. This is yeah, but how could she? Yeah, the secret door swings behind them again, and she's saying nothing, just giggling along. Like you just, you just listen to it. It's not come on. Uh, so grab your imaginary top hats and join the fools on parade as we embark on a musical journey where the absurdity is as infectious as the sing along. Because in the world of Arctic Monkeys, every day is a carnival. Well, that's interesting, and we're all invited to conduct the sing along of fools on parade. So there you go. Very interesting. Oh, yeah. Good to, to hear that the cat's back. Probably start editing the bits out where it just lists lyrics. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, good to have the cat back because we missed it for crying lightning. But uh, yeah, good, good to have no, we went the dangerous animals bizarrely. It missed the cat out for which was an odd choice. Yeah, of all of them, yeah, <laughs> too obvious. And it um, mentions lionesses in the so yeah, the eye went. That's too that's too on the nose. I'm going to skip that one. <laughs> <laughs> So we will be back next week with the aforementioned secret door. Don't forget to uh, go looking forward on to that. our episode description and you can find the links to everything. You can like, follow, rate, review, subscribe, find all our social media stuff. But I... we are going to... Do you want to introduce what we're going to play? Uh, yeah, we're going to play... Well, I was just going to say that I'm looking forward to secret door because I think of all the songs on this album, barring one other, even though I really love this song and I loved it at the time, this is probably the one that I don't go back to the most. Out of all of them, I rarely ever crack on Secret Door unless I'm listening to a whole album. So interesting for me to go back and drop. But I did really love it at the time. I just I just don't. Um, I think with the melodic ones on this album, I'm so entrenched in Suck It and See that, like, you know, I sometimes forget about the melodic ones here. But 
but yeah, um, we're going to be playing. This is one of Helder's View from the Afternoons that he used to do, uh, the View From, sorry, that he used to do, where they're doing it. And part of it is they're doing a Dangerous Animals rehearsal. So if you're a subscriber, you'll see the video and you'll be blown away by the drums he's playing. But if you're listening, you'll be able to hear the drums better because the camera's right near them and you'll hear how amazing they are as well, I think. And they're a bit more, uh, the kit's like a kind of practice kit in it. So it's a lot. It's got that kind of harsher sound, which is great as well. That kind of, yeah. So we will play you out with that. Say goodbye to the nice people, Dan. Goodbye. Bye. So here we are. If you've just joined us, you've already missed the acoustic leisure experiment live from the woods. Um, yeah, welcome back. This is uh, another instalment of the view from currently in a car going up to uh, a pub oh wait a minute there we can see the rest of the gang there's Nick on the left Jamie's about to get run over it seems Alex on the right and then secret John with his hood up John action he's on the bonnet he's still on his he's going over the top he's breaking it that's fine. That's fine. I don't think anything cracked. It didn't sound too We'll cover it on insurance. We'll cover that. We'll cover the cost. Just having a break from rehearsals, which is going going quite well. A couple of new ones ready for when we go out on tour in a, about a week's time or something. process of us just making our new t-shirt which the making of is really only for the video because it turns out I didn't really have to do it but what what it entails is me holding a snake wrapped around my hand all for all for another t-shirt I mean for those of you that saw the last t-shirt from Australia me with a poncho on and a Casio digital guitar uh, we thought, what better to follow that than with a uh, Californian corn snake? How are you up to that on that? Just a snake shoot for the next T-shirt. Done the Casio guitar. Well, you did the neck, did you say? <laughs> That's me, I'm on my own now in the car. Any damage? No damage. No damage from Jamie Cook's calamity car climb. Now Believe the Hype is hosted and produced weekly by Nick Lee and Dan Holt. The music used in the titles is royalty-free music courtesy of Les FM. Don't forget to subscribe on your podcast player of choice to be notified every Wednesday when a new episode is released. And if you want to help us out further, be sure to like and review to help make us more visible to like-minded souls. We will see you next week with more of the same.